Stop Internet, you're tuned in episode 51 of the Video Game Pals and Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games and news and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Vegeta Brown. Sorry, I'll be joining you in a couple minutes once I catch up with the speed Pete ran through that opening. Hey, you know, it's like, it's almost like uh, we had an opening that got messed up and I had to do it a second time, you know? I don't know. Uh, also joining us today is the edgelord with the heart of gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey, some people say you're too slow, but Pete says that's not true. <laughs> you gotta go fast. Hey man, I got blue hair now, I'm, I'm moving a mile Yeah, I just noticed how much, yeah, you looked like Sonic a little bit there. <laughs> if you punch faster, Pete, will faster, he drop faster, 99 faster, faster. rings? Yeah, well, I don't have that much money, let's be real. I'm <laughs> dropping like, maybe five rings. <laughs> Uh, so then, we've also got the returning champ, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. <laughs> Good to have you back, Sean. Thanks. Good to be back. And then, rounding out the fearsome fivesome, the esports dynamo, Miss Peggy Ford. So, basically, what Pete is doing this week is really pushing for a Sonic 06 remake. Thank you. You know, we started the movement here on this show, and uh, I think... Don't roll with it now! No, 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 I no, think, no, 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 no. I, th- I think, realistically, what what we've got to do is, if, you know, we're going to talk about it a lot this week. Sega's making moves. It might be time for them for them to hashtag uh, bring back Sonic 06. I think we've got to um, dig deep and for copyright. That was my do a, a partnership with Sega wherein we film a Sonic Adventure 2 movie starring Pete as Sonic and Robert Thompson <laughs> as Shadow. I just imagine him going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, dude. I would do that. It's, I, it would be really good if we did it like one of those like early YouTube, like when people were first starting to put like you know like like little like mini movies on YouTube. You know, yeah. like when it was first able to like do something that was like high quality as an independent, and you'd always see those like little like Sonic mini films of just like oh, it's like what if they did like a, a Sonic movie in like the mid 2000s where it was just like a kid with blue hair and like his little brother who wears like, you know, fucking fake foxtails or whatever. And it's like, we can pull that off, guys. <laughs> I'll be big I can't the run cat. that fast though. So <laughs> And you'd make a good big the cat. Err. And I mean that exactly <laughs> as an insult. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, so let's let's get into it. Uh, we're going to start the way the show the way we sometimes do by talking about what we're playing this week. Uh, so, Andy, why don't you kick it off? I know you've got some Nino Kuni two impressions yeah, for us. Some Nino Kuni two Revenant Kingdom impressions. I'm like three four hours into it right now, and it is okay. It's good. It's a it's a pretty tight little action RPG. Um, the story is very very like cutesy anime. Okay, um, as expected. Yeah. Considering that, like, the look, it's just, like, so... Yeah, I like, mean, it's got, Everyone's, like, like, a little shibby character. It's got, like, the Ghibli influence. Yeah. And the dude who is, like, the main composer for Ghibli for a long time wrote the music, so that's really good. Oh, that's dope. Okay, yeah. cool. But, like, I'm really into it. Uh, the game starts with the little king of a, a kingdom of cat people and mouse people getting overthrown by the mice. He's a little cat kid. <laughs> All right. And then he's like, I'm just going to go off and start my own country. <laughs> what? <laughs> With blackjack and hookers. On second thought, forget the country. Yeah, like, that's, that's basically what he does. He, instead of, like, saying, oh, I'm going to, like, try and win back my throne from the people that overthrew me. He's like, whatever, I'll start my own country and it'll be great. <laughs> 
All right, so sounds like a sounds like a cute enough premise. So, but you said uh, it's an action RPG. So, like, how how is the gameplay treating you? Uh, like the gameplay is good. You, um, it's it's pretty standard. You can switch back and forth between a handful of melee weapons. You get your special moves and spells. Um, okay. It plays like a little more on the RPG spectrum of action RPG than something like say Kingdom Hearts. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I uh, I really like games like that. Like um, the Tales of games are a lot. Oh like that. yeah. Um, a little bit more on the action side than the Tales of games, where, like... Interesting. Like, the Tales of games have a lot of, like, moving pieces to keep track of. Sure. And this is pretty much just, like, you run up, you hit people, you block and dodge, but, like, you have to, like, track things, like your mana bar, your... your higgledies, which are weird little... Excuse they're me. called Higgledies. It's like a, oh Higgledies. I thought you said Hibbledies. No Higgledies. Yeah, um, they're like if the little forest spirits from Princess Mononoke were also Pokemon. Yeah, it makes this game sense. Sounds yeah. fucking precious, dude. Yeah, it is. It is fucking precious. But like, you get like a little handful of these guys, and like they charge up over the course of a battle, and you can run over to them, and they'll turn into a cannon or something. That's what the one I have does. And there's another one that's All like, right. you get wind magic. What's right. wind magic? It's like you get to use wind spells and blow people around. You uh, turn into it's like, Fus- like Fusro Dao. Yeah. That, that's a better, yeah, yeah, it's that's a better, better reference, example. I think. Well, because I was just like, it's like Fusro Dao without the yell, because it's like, whoo, but no, yeah, airbending, that makes, that's a way better comparison. <laughs> yeah, but the game's really fun, and like, it might be a little bit too precious for me to stick with long term, but I'm enjoying it right now. Mm, okay. I like okay. you're like, it's just too cute, I can't. It's a perfect it's cinnamon so roll, too cute. pure for this world. <laughs> it's a perfect cinnamon roll. Uh, so, did you play the first Nino Kuni? I played a little bit of it, but not okay. not a ton. So are you, is that at all a problem for you? Like, I, I, I don't think they're supposed to be, like, directly connected, It hasn't right? been, or... no. Okay, I, um, cool. Yeah, this story hasn't referenced anything from, like, the past games okay. yet. I'm sure there's, like, you know, Something. things I'm missing out, like, references I'm missing, but it doesn't feel like I'm missing anything. Okay, cool. That's important. Because um, I feel like a lot of people probably didn't catch the first one and, and might be considering getting into the second one. So, um, And you said <clears throat> you're about three hours into it? Uh, like, yeah, three and a half, four hours. Okay, and isn't it supposed to be like 30 hours, right? Like, it's a little shorter yeah, it's, than it's your like standard Yeah, it's like on the shorter end. It's like, it's got content, uh, like optional stuff you can do that I think pads that out, but sure. yeah. Cool. So you're like a good 10% of the way through the game. So do you think, where do you, where do you see yourself net now with this one, you think? Um, like, probably somewhere in the 10 hours range. Like, I'm not, I'm not falling in love with it. Um, I'll give it a chance. I know there's, like, the kingdom building is supposed to be really cool, but I haven't gotten there yet. True. Cool. All right, well, yeah, I guess if you get, if you get to that point and you have, like, a real turnaround on the game, we'll talk about it again. Otherwise, we'll consider this year, you it's know, the official impressions. VGP review of Nino Kuni. Yeah. Yeah, basically. It's uh, okay. I don't think I... <laughs> it's pretty all right, but it's really cute and the music's good. Maybe buy it. <laughs> all right, so um, I know, Sean, you also had some uh, some news to share about your guild and your progress in World of Warcraft. Hype. Okay, I absolutely do. But I need to pivot for one second because I just realized 
that Peggy has on that sweet Game Theory hoodie. Oh, yeah, which dude. I am di- I've been dying over for the last two minutes. <laughs> Look at how cool that is. <laughs> so, audio I listeners. I can't hear you uh, guys, but I'm assuming you're laughing. Just give me a second. Yeah, we're laughing at you, Peggy. Uh, Peggy went to put up her hood and just fucking flung her headphones right <laughs> off her face so directly at her computer. So. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that is that is very cool. Very cool. Hell yeah. Yes. I've actually worn um, this multiple times, by the way. I just haven't buttoned it up. Oh, I don't know how I haven't noticed. I suck. But I, that's I, I've noticed it in the past. I think a lot of times it's because yeah, it's either it's not uh, like up or it's cuz like it's just out of frame. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so it's like you can't really see the logo. Yeah. I like I buttoned it up. I was like, "Oh, damn, you can really see it." All right, cool. But yeah, Thanks. It was re- it's, it's very cool. warm. Would recommend. If they ever do it again, which they probably <laughs> I know like, they're don't. sold out, and I cry. <laughs> I got in literally like thirty seconds after it opened. Sorry, continue. I mean, <sighs> to be fair, Sean interrupted himself yeah, for fair. that tangent, I did. which is like the most meta thing that's ever happened on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to compliment her on the the swag. I mean, it's very nice. It's, oh, it's, I totally I've never get it. seen one. You know, in this way before, I've never seen someone I know wearing it, so it's just very cool. Um, but in any event, uh, the the big news is that my guild finally beat World of Warcraft. Uh, That's it. For the you time. Now you'll That's never play it again. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we, when we were um, talking yesterday before the comics pals, I remember you were like, "Yeah, I'm not raiding for like the time being," and I was like, "What? That's ne- I don't think that's ever been a thing the entire time we've been friends." Um, when I first met you, I wasn't playing. Uh, okay. <laughs> that first, that first year that that we knew each other, I wasn't playing. Um, but uh, yeah. So after a long, grueling battle with Argus the Unmaker, we finally unmade his ass, <laughs> and uh, we collected that sweet loot. Hey, if um, you're in the if you're in the guild, do you get some of that loot, or is it only the people who were there? Uh, it's only people Damn who were there. Sorry. <laughs> Straight up maybe, tried maybe, to skip it. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. May, but I'll tell you this, Peggy. There, there are some openings. So here's what happened. Uh, we we killed the boss, and you know, as 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 it tends to happen, there are people who move on, who say goodbye because they are retiring. Uh, so several several players decided to retire. Uh, the guild carries on, of course, and we will be playing in the next expansion, which I was under the impression, you know, I'd have several months to chill and just kind of relax. <laughs> but as it turns out, Battle for Azeroth coming out in August. Not what I expected. Very, Pretty very crazy, close. man. They, they initially said on or before, I believe, September. Yep. Some some date in September. It was like late uh, September, yeah, it was like, right? It was, like, it was like the twenty fifth. I heard fourth, but like yeah, it, in that area. That, yeah, yeah, <laughs> in, that, in that frame. Yeah, and ne- never do they go. Does the game come out earlier? Right. Yeah. That's like not uh, a thing but, that happens like ever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Especially with a Blizzard game. Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> and so for this, for this to for this to be coming out so much earlier is unprecedented. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, I'm not actually excited on any level. <laughs> really? Because, no. Because from so, – so think about it this way. From two years ago in, in September to literally last week, I have been raiding nonstop. And mm. that's 
that's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. Uh, when you when you know we've had little small two week periods here and there where we were able to take on a lighter schedule just because we cleared early, but then the ne- the next raid comes out. So when you don't clear these raids very very fast, which ninety nine percent of the guilds don't do, you don't ever really get a break. So these like between expansion breaks are the only opportunities we really have, and. Uh, so because of that, the burnout is real. There are people who will stop playing just because of burnout. And uh, unfortunately, I don't really get too much of a break because my guild does want to carry on and re-clear. So that yeah. means that two weeks from now, I will begin raiding again on a lighter schedule. Uh, and we'll do our best to re-clear the raid as often as we can. Which, Peggy, is what I mean when I say that there are opportunities. So if you want to uh, take that next step... Let's talk about it off the air, and maybe there's room for you on the squad. But Beyond the Flames, 11 out of 11, finally. Thank you to everybody who participated. You guys are phenomenal. We had a lot of struggles on this last boss, um, but I appreciate everybody who actually stuck with us. And if you didn't, you suck, and you know who you are. Wow. Oh, my God. Sean, why you got to put me on blast like that? (laughs) (laughs) So, so question, question. Um, Yeah. What was the thing or multiple things that really hung you guys up on this? Because it did take, like, five ever. But, like, I imagine it always does. But, like, what was what was the one specifically for Argus that was probably the biggest, like, we couldn't get this to work until, like, we really grinded it out or something like that? That's a great question. Proprietary guild so... secrets. <laughs> I'm in the guild. So... <laughs> Technically. There you go. Argus, Argus is very hard. Uh, and most guilds took about... Uh, the equivalent of four weeks or 400 pulls, which is 400 attempts at the boss before they killed it. Uh, that's the average. We uh, were on pace. We were doing great for about the first two or three weeks, and then the <clears throat> roster boss hit us. We had several players, and when I say several, I mean like four, all in the same week, say that they couldn't make raid, and some of those players weren't going to be able to make raid for weeks on end because of personal situations. And the roster that we had was sitting at around 22 players, which is not high. But I, I thought, well, this should be okay. We don't want to overcommit. You can only have 20 people in the raid at any, at any given time. Uh, and if I recruit players, then I'll have to sit people who have been here for a very long time for new players who don't necessarily deserve to kill this boss with us because they haven't been around. Um, especially when you think that maybe we only kill it one time, you know, and then we take that big break. You never know. Yeah. So uh, because I didn't recruit more players, uh, we did have that struggle of the roster boss, which just means that we sometimes didn't have enough players to field the raid. And then when we did, sometimes it was just the, the scraps, right, uh, where you don't get that ideal composition uh, and you, you you know it hinders your progress. So that was a big problem. And then in the midst of that, there were also other players who know who they are who you know uh, caved in and decided that they uh, weren't about the life. And uh, you know I always think, well, why would you even do this if you're not about the life? It's it's you know pointless. Um, so it did take us a little longer than most other guilds because there were several instances where we just couldn't play. I had personal things come up that prevented me from being able to play. Other people did as well. So it was not ideal. Um, but what I'm most proud of is the fact that despite that, you know, there were several of us who stuck with it you know, and enough to get it done. In the end, we got it done. 
And uh, I'm so happy and so impressed with my team for not giving up and also not being toxic. A lot of times in situations like this, you face a ton of toxicity, and we didn't have that. Um, Good. So, yeah. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So shout-outs to Beyond the Flames, and uh, if you're a World of Warcraft player and you're good, um, yeah, hit up Sean and see We're if maybe there's a spot. Yeah. And hey, Actively and hey, if you really want to piss them off, just stand in the flames. Like, anyone who's in the goddamn clan, like group, actually do it for once, because I have not seen anyone do it yet. Send it to us at videogamepail.gmail.com. Peggy, took have you ever watched my one of our streams? Because if you had, you would have seen oh, really? many a people. They did it? There. Good. Cool. I mean, not 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 like, because of us, but purpose. they have done it. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought they were like intentionally doing it after Andy was like, "Yo, please <laughs> do this to fuck with Sean," because <laughs> I know some of them listen. So, if anyone actually did that, I'd be furious. <laughs> oh my god! Would, but like, it's bad come enough on when the they podcast do it telling me the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean, Sean, I probably can't do the right then. Sorry. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> I just want to Fair say, enough. man, you know, this segment, it's fine if you want to throw shade at your guild, but, like, with Andy and Peggy, they're on the show, you gotta respect them, too, even if they suck at WoW. <laughs> hey, I'm level 110, thank you. Don't ask me how I yeah, got what does there, that but mean? I got level 110. Yeah, what does that mean, that you had a credit card? Good for you, Peggy. <laughs> boosted. Wait, you boosted? Huh? You boosted? Oh, I absolutely of course she did. fucking boosted. You bo- oh. yeah, I'm tra- I, I right? said that up front, that I was straight up trash, and that's exactly what I was going to do. Yeah, I, I remember that day that you were like, yeah, play WoW, everybody, and we all, like, did. Yeah. Uh, Peggy was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pre-order the new expansion and just be level 110. I dove fucking deep is what happened. God forbid she logs in as a level 1 and plays the game. Where are you at now? I haven't I haven't seen you. What do you mean? I've been hanging out I, near, uh, what's it called, uh, in the Argus, and, like, doing all those so I can unlock the uh, Void and Lightforge uh, Dread Eye. Yeah, I, I have an idea of what I'm I doing, approve. thank you. <laughs> You're getting Maybe there. not much, but I have an idea. It took me forever to figure out how to get around Azeroth, as Sean can attest, because I had no fucking clue where I was going. Ended up in, like, the world. other world thing. I'm still learning, but still... <laughs> well, uh, there will be no more exploits to keep you guys uh, up to date with until the expansion does drop. But thank you for listening to me as I babble about guild-related <laughs> matters. I I always find it really interesting, man. Yeah, I love you know, these stories. Like, I think World of Warcraft as a thing is so interesting to me that it like still exists and that it has such a like thriving community there. And like I don't know, I'm just I'm always interested in learning about like microcosms of of you know like, broader gaming communities. It's cool, you know? Like, World of Warcraft so, stories. I find it interesting. Same. I'm sorry, what in? Oh, I was going to say, like, World of Warcraft stories, EVE Online stories. I will never play those games at that level, but, like... But I love hearing about I it. I love yeah. hearing about it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can listen to EVE Online uh, battle stories, like, on this one YouTube channel that they make productions out of, which is pretty, it's pretty fun, man. They're, like, hour-long tales, and they have, like, nice little backgrounds and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Well, if you want to let us know about your own anecdotal adventures in the world of World of Warcraft, EVE Online, or any other video game, you can uh, write into the show and hear your thoughts read on the air, give us a random question of the week, or just say hey by dropping us a line at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. You can also follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold, and uh, keep up with all the cool stuff we're doing here at The Pals Network. Uh, we're doing a lot of shit lately, man. Like, we've been doing some streams, we had wrestling specials, we're fucking doing our book club, reviewing mad stuff, like, go go follow it, you know? Get get involved, check out this other stuff we're doing if you enjoy the show. I'm sure at least one of our other products will appeal to you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you're an audio listener, we would really appreciate it if you guys could drop us a like on your platform of choice, um, you know, and if you really want to help out the show, you can ho- head over to Apple Podcasts, and uh, where we're currently a five-star rated podcast, and give us a rating uh, that really helps the show get recognized. And uh, if you're a YouTube listener or viewer, uh, you can do us a solid by liking the show, uh, subscribing to the channel if you haven't already, and as always, sharing it with your friends and uh, letting them know that you're enjoying the show. And uh, if you're a YouTube you know, person and you're already subscribed, make sure you click the little bell, because YouTube subscription stuff's been screwy as hell since the last update. So if you want to actually get notifications when our fucking videos go up, that might be a way to do it. Um, so yeah, uh, please, please do that. And uh, with that, it's time for a little segment that I like to call The Random Question of the Week! No, you still didn't peek. Hmm. Disappointing. Got them. <laughs> Disappointing. I feel a little blood like in my almost... ear, but... <laughs> Guys, I think from now on, when I do that, I'm just going to turn around. Like, I'm just going to 50... <laughs> or 50. Just spin while I do it. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, it would work. No, it's okay. What I'm actually going to do is one of these weeks, I'll actually have this soundbite made that I keep saying I'm going to make, and then, you know, you guys won't have to go deaf. And it'll be you have great. one and then week. And your voice won't crack. It'll be great. Pete, you have one yeah. week. <laughs> That's part of the fun, though. No, it is. But, is like, it? also, I'm sure that hurts, right? I mean, it's not great, but I am a performer. Like, you know, I'm putting I myself out here on the stage. Craft. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, this week's random question comes from our own Andy Brown. Uh, we were talking earlier in the week, and he had a, uh, a great idea, I thought. Um, so there's been a – well, uh, and I'll let him introduce the question, but I'm going to give you a little preamble. You know, there's been a ton of buzz around the brand-new God of War this week, uh, and it, not really worthy of getting to the news list, but you know, pre-release reviews have come out, and it's to near-unanimous praise um, just to fucking give you a, a quick sampling if you haven't seen them for yourself – um, VG, uh, VG 247.com did a roundup and they called it one of the best games of the generation. Uh, it got a 10 from Polygon, Destructoid, uh, Push Square and IGN. Um, and every, everyone else, a oh, US gamer gave it a five out of five. Guardian gave it a five out of five. Telegraph gave it a five out of five. Games Radar, five out of five. Uh, everybody else gave it a nine or higher. The pretty much the lowest score I'm seeing here is an eight from uh, a outlet I've never heard of. So, um, apparently God of War is the shit, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it more in the weeks to come, but it spurred a little thought in Andy that got us our random question this week. Yeah, so a lot of the positive buzz around the new God of War has been uh, the way it sort of reinvents the series and uh, changes the things that were starting to get stale, and that was the same thing we got last year with all the buzz around Resident Evil 7, or in 2004, around Resident Evil 4. So what's a series that you guys think is getting like kind of stale and could use that that God of War-esque reboot? I actually have mine. Okay. I'll go first. Go. Um, 
everything made by Bethesda. And I don't mean that as a dig. Um, sorry. Yeah, that's why I jumped in. That's a hot one. Uh. It's a good take. Um, Bethesda... I'm not, like, the world's biggest Bethesda fan. Like, my experience with their games is definitely limited compared to, um, I know at least, you know, several of the other people at this table. Um, this metaphorical table, because we're all in different places. Uh, (laughs) But their significance in, like, the development of video games is, like, unquestionable. Like, Skyrim specifically is probably one of the most influential games ever made. And before that, um, Oblivion, Fallout 3, uh, even New Vegas, which was a thing they partnered on. But, you know, those games were all really revolutionary. Um, but to see, like, how much Skyrim has echoed through gaming, like, it's we're still riding that open-world trend that they established all the way back in 2011 when it came out. Um, so that's a huge thing. But I think if you look at the reaction to Fallout 4... Uh, from a lot of the core fan base, um, it speaks to the fact that, like, the the formula has gotten stale, and there are other people who do open worlds better than Bethesda now, and not necessarily in terms of, like, feel, because I think, like, Bethesda still, there's, a, there's, like, a special sauce to their games, and, like, the tone at which they release you in the world that is really... Uh, unique that that real sense of agency that you get in those games is something that I think they do uniquely well. But Fallout Four suffered from you know that a lot of people lobbied that criticism because of the narrative that like it doesn't have that same open ended feeling because it is a more kind of like moralistic straight line like I'm saving my son you know and it's not like New Vegas where it was all about just like oh it's a revenge story right or like Skyrim where it's like where do you want to go in this civil war who do you just who do you side with like where are you gonna go what are you gonna do um so I think they need to kind of realign their focus narratively for one thing but I think the broader thing is like their engine the whole jank that charm that we used to write off as well it's a Bethesda game and they're so huge and that's just how these games are like how do you well, I mean, The Witcher was that big and didn't have that same level of, level of problems. You know, like, there's been several other massive open-world games in the last couple of years that try to do what Skyrim did in a different way without the same level of jank, without the same level of issue. Uh, even playing Far Cry 5, right? Very similar in terms of visuals and all that kind of stuff. Game, I, don't, I haven't seen nearly the same level of problems that you see in a Bethesda game. So, I think... Um, I'd like to see them be able to take that throne back and come out with a game that wows us in the same way that, like, Fallout 3 did. You know, when it was like, whoa, like, there's some, there's that special sauce. And then that the way that Skyrim did again later. Uh, so that's, that's my thing. I like it. Um, it would also be great to see Bethesda make, like, games at that same clip again. Because there was, like, Fallout 3, then two years later there was New Vegas, then a year after that was Skyrim. And since Skyrim, they've released Fallout 4 and Ports of Skyrim. And I guess Elder Scrolls Online, but... But that's, like, a separate studio, even, because it's, like, Bethesda Softworks hasn't done, like, anything else. Right, yeah. And it's, like, apparently they're maybe developing a new IP. I'm sure they're thinking about Elder Scrolls 6, but, yeah, they've been off the map for a while. So hopefully they're doing work on their engine. You know, like that's I'm hoping they're really putting the time in to get that technical stuff up to snuff. So I'm going to go with uh, the Capcom versus series of games uh, and 
in particular yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, so Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is generally considered to have been a pretty good game. Uh, a lot of people who are Marvel vs. Capcom 2 diehards don't like it because of mm. the changes that were made. But overall, it's a good fighting game. Yeah. Uh, but Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite turned off a lot of people. Uh, not just because of the graphics, but because of even more changes that were made to the series to kind of dumb it down. Uh, it's less complex than it used to be. It's not as fast as it used to be. The roster isn't as deep as it used to be. There's like a lot of issues that people have with this series now that are valid. Uh, that you can't really argue against. I've played it, obviously, and I do like it. It's good, but it's not... Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was the peak, and that game came out 20 years ago, almost. So, if you peaked 20 years ago, what are we doing? You <laughs> Not know? a good look. Right. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't think that it would be terribly hard to get back to that place. Um, and I think that a lot of the changes that people want to see are obvious. Go back to that graphical style. Go back to that 2D sprite. That's what people loved. Bro, I would fucking love that. They would, like, they would have my money. I would pre-order a game like that, you know? Right. It's like, I fucking love MVC2. Right. Everybody does. Uh, they're, they're, it, it wouldn't be that hard to bring people back into the fold. Everybody wants to see that graphical style return. Um, everybody wants to see those big, big rosters. I know that part of the problem is that Marvel has gotten a lot more stringent with what they'll allow in the games. Yeah. A recent um, article came out where it was being discussed that Marvel w- wouldn't allow their characters to be defeated by Capcom characters in any um, in any promotional material or anything like that. That's which so is lame. very silly. Really silly. And then they weren't allowed to, to use X-Men, which is, again, ridiculous. That's so, that's so um, petty. It's not even silly. It's just straight pettiness. Yeah. Well, and it's just, like, it's just shitty because it's, like, it's allowing marketing to get in the way of, like, making a better product. You know? And it's, like, at the end of the day, like... I, like, I understand the business reasonings behind wanting to say those things, but those are decisions that sound like they're being made by, like, a suit in a room with a fucking chart, you know? Like, well, these are the things we can't do, and it's just like, okay, but you're actively, you're, you're negatively impacting the quality of that product by doing that, you know? And it's like, that's going to affect, oh, whatever. I'm getting us off the rails. Sorry, Sean. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> And, 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 you know, everybody loved Marvel for the off-the-wall, zany, crazy action that the game feels like it's, it's, it's lacking. It's still, you know, you can still fly around, you can still do all these things, but it feels too um, polished isn't the word that I want. Rigid is closer to the word that I want. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't feel as fluid, I guess. Um, and so, long story short, I think that there's a lot of easy ways they could fix that franchise and get it back to where people want it to be. And I don't think that every game franchise has to make the jump to 3D sprites and 3D worlds and stuff. And I think Marvel was that gaming franchise that really didn't need to go there. The same way I feel about Mega Man, the Mega Man series of games. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully... With the next installment, if there is a next installment, Capcom can get it right. And Marvel will stop being crappy and stay out of the way. Yeah. 
Dude, you know what would be really cool? Not that I would want it to necessarily play like an Arc Systems game, but I think a Marvel vs. Capcom game with an Arc System work style, like similar to like Fighters or like um, the Cross Tag Battle games, where it's like a more if they didn't even if they didn't do sprites, something that was like more animated, so it looked more like a comic. You know, would be really cool. Well, Fighters is literally Marvel Two with Dragon Ball. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah, yeah. I would. It, love and that goes to show, that. to your point. That goes to show you that that kind of game is extremely marketable right now. Yeah. Everybody yep. who anybody who played Marvel 2 will love Dragon Ball Fighters. Yep. So why not just make that game yourself and get those fans back? I just yep. I don't get it. And it would look different from like way different than Street Fighter 5 too, so from a marketing perspective that would be great too. Uh Peggy, you got one? Yeah. So Y'all took mine, so I'm gonna <laughs> have to go with. Uh, I feel like the Assassin's Creed series, um, which is like a, some guy goes off to destroy the Templars. Done. Every single Assassin's Creed like storyline ever, with the exception of uh, with the third one, kind of, but it, it goes back around. But like. I feel like there's a lot more you can do with Assassin's Creed, and, like, they tried to do it with, with, uh, I think it was Unity, the one that you got to team up with four people, but, like, it was, it was really not great, and Syndicate was equally as, like, not so much as destroying Templars as it is the two Fry twins just kind of going out and, you know, kicking ass and taking names, but, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're starting to really turn from that, um... Or maybe just reinvent it, because I know that uh, I have not played Assassin's Creed Origins, but I heard that it was very, very good. And that yeah, they, I've heard mostly positive yeah, things about it. And that they they like really like rejuvenated the entire like formula that they have going there. But like for the most part, whenever I think of Assassin's Creed, it's always just like that one log line, and like it it got Ugh, I'm dropping everything. It got uh, <laughs> it got to the point where like. I didn't play a couple of them because I was just like, it's the same, it's the same thing, just a yeah. different map. Like you're giving right. me DLC at sixty bucks, basically. Uh, I, but yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. I'm to grab that pen. <laughs> yeah, I burnt out on Assassin's Creed after Black Flag, so I was like, you know, I don't really don't think they can top pirates. Black Flag, like, I think like we the got peak Assassin's Creed experience. <sighs> I know, and like I'm not even saying that to troll you, Sean. I genuinely believe that. Because <laughs> I, played... I was. Sorry. No, I was to say, I spent so much of that time with, in the ship, because mm. I was like, it's different, you know? And it's like, this is like a fun new mechanic. See, I played Syndicate, and I only played as Evie because Evie's the right choice in that one, just pointing that out. But also, like, literally the first, like, interaction I had with Syndicate was the, like, the big, uh, side, like, side-scroller, right? It's like, a basically, you're on a train, and you have to stay there for, like, a minute and a half while the train gets to its destination, but it's, like, so, no, it's side-scroller, Yeah. It's like a side-scrolling level, but... Oh, okay. I was like... Because side-scrolling, it's 2D, like... Yeah, but in, like... like Mario, that's... But, like, that that (laughs) sort of thing. But, um... I accidentally grappled someone into the train, which you're never supposed to be. So, like, I was sitting in the train that was really just, like, a box. And, like, you're clearly not supposed to be in there. (laughs) I'm like, what what do I do? So I stood there for 15 seconds. I was like, well, I might as well loot this corpse. And as soon as I looted the corpse... The entire sequence ended and it hit into the cut, sc- cut screen. Cut, cut scene. Cut scene. It's been a long, there you go. long day. It is 12. It, it is, is 12. 12 19. It is tw- 
12 p.m. Like, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first association with Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Fun fact. But like, it's also like, it, it just felt like I've, I've played it before. You know, despite it yeah. being, like, eventually it was like, oh, this is a really cool concept and all that jazz, but, like, for the first, like, couple of levels, it's like, yeah, cool. Boo, Templars. Great. Yeah. It's just more of the same. Yeah. So, Thompson, what about you? Uh, well, you know, you both have now taken my two, because I was going to say Bethesda things and then Assassin's Creed, so I'll go my number three, which, um... Scraping the barrel here, but I'd like to see couch play co-op come back in real earnest because a way out has proven to me that there is room to create brand new concepts of couch play co-op. So um, if you're smart enough to make it, you got a million dollar deal there. I'm not smart enough to make it, but that's my pick. Because you guys have said everything I was going to say. Gang beasts. Yeah, right. That's real too. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, All right, Andy. So what about you? I was also going to say Bethesda. But, I'm, I'm so glad I jumped in. I have, I have, I have one that I'm gonna like stand by here. I really think that uh, the Pokemon franchise could use a shot in the arm. That was my number two, so yeah, I'm all about this. Yeah, um, what do you got for it? It's just like I, I burnt out on Sun and Moon really early. I tried Ultra Sun. I like, I wanted to like that game. And, like, I love the, the battle mechanics at the core of it are still good, but just the the walking around doing Pokemon trainer stuff parts of Pokemon are, like, they're stale. Haven't, like, yeah. it, it doesn't feel like it's really evolved since 1996. I mean, it hasn't, right? Like, the only thing that's really evolved are the battle mechanics. Right, yeah. And it's, like, when the graphics have gotten better, and because of that, they've, like added more things to it like you know the weird camera angles and changes and stuff but like i don't know the pokemon like skeleton that's the same story structure in every game is gotten old for me um i like i want something new in pokemon for the switch that's interesting So, so let me let me play devil's advocate here for a second isn't that just Pokemon? Like, isn't that what Pokemon is supposed to be? But isn't the world so, so, like, deep that you can do so much more with it? Like, I feel like when it comes to, like, Pokemon, you're like, yeah, it's Pokemon battles and all that jazz, but they also always, like, gripe on, like, oh, there's Pokemon breeders and there's Pokemon, like, show people for that show thing that you go to where you do the, the fashion walk stuff. Yeah. I know Pokemon. But, like, there's there's so much, like, more to it. And, like, I feel, and I was going to mention this eventually, but, like, a, a Pokemon pacifist run or something like that would be really, really cool, where, like, you don't, like, everything in, in the Pokemon world is not necessarily based on the battles, so, like, to see the other side of it would have been really cool to eventually see. Yeah, and that is, to me, like, that's where I want to see the series go, Sean, because I think what you're saying is, like, yes, that is what it is and what it's supposed to be, but it doesn't have to be within the rigid formula of, you know... Yeah, right, of, like, because it's, it's been locked in the whole gym battles thing since Gen 1, and even with uh, Sun and Moon, where they got rid of that, it, you're still locked behind, like, town walls and stuff. What, Peggy? Yeah, sorry, uh, what's it called? Okay, so, do you know what Free Realms is? It was I a don't... free-to-play MMO on PlayStation. This, yeah. Well, this is this is basically what I was driving okay, towards. Cool. Is like that's that's what I want to see Pokemon do. Is I want to see them like Breath of the Wild eyes Pokemon. In that I think you should 
have the intro of, of the next Pokemon game on Switch be exactly the same as um, every other Pokemon game, right? Of let's stick with the classic, you're the kid, you meet the professor, you get your starter Pokemon because you're helping him out with some errand or whatever, we're good to go, right? Um, I think even if we want to go the Professor Oak route, like, oh, he's attacked, save him, whatever, you get your Pokemon. After that, open it. And, like, this was an idea that I originally heard pitched on, um, uh, the DexCast, which is, a, like, a Pokemon YouTube channel, and they have a really good podcast. And, um, they had the idea of, like, having a game that was, like, about you being, like, a Pokemon Ranger, and having it be, like, oh, it's, like, basically you're, like, the boy and girl scouts of, like, the Pokemon world, and it's, like, you get badges, like, you can go get badges from gyms, but you can also get, like, achievement badges based on, like, doing other things. So if you wanted to just be, like, I'm just gonna go do all the contests in every city and never, ever do a fight or whatever, that would be an option for you, and you could have a full experience exploring the whole map and capturing Pokemon and doing all that shit without having to go in any specific direction or go to whatever gyms or hit those beats in the same way and have, like, your, you funneled through the experience, you know? Because that's what I think really needs to change is open it up a little bit. The battle system is great. Going out and capturing and exploring and finding Pokemon, that's all still, like, that's what the core of the franchise should be. I think it's, like, the, the trappings that we've put on it. In the same way, that's what happened with Zelda. You know, after Ocarina of Time, every game was just doing what Ocarina did until Breath of the Wild opened it up again, you know? And I, I think Pokemon kind of needs the same thing. Hmm. Okay. What do you think? Uh, I I don't know if I agree. And it's weird because I actually really love um, Pokemon... Uh, gosh, what's the name of this game? Not Gale of Darkness, but the one before that. Uh, Coliseum? No, no, not Coliseum. Coliseum. Was that it? What? I, I think it was Coliseum. Because there's um, the two ones on the GameCube. That's what you're talking yes, about, right? The yeah. first one on the GameCube. Yeah. I believe it's called Coliseum. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't I don't up. remember. But we know the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that game. And that game is a very non-traditional Pokemon game. Uh, and those games were not super well received. Granted, you could argue that they just weren't... They just simply weren't the best games that they could have been. But... Uh, yeah. I feel like the offshoot Pokemon games often get that reception. Uh, and I, I've always enjoyed the fact that you could have the traditional Pokemon game experience if you wanted that. But then there were offshoot experiences that you could also have as well. Uh, and on top of that, I believe that part of why they make these Pokemon games so similar every time is because of the fact that every Pokemon game is some kid's first Pokemon game. Exactly, and yeah. that is something that I don't see them being willing to pivot from very far beyond what you saw in Sun and Moon. Uh, and if they did, then cool. You know, maybe yeah. that'll spruce it up for some people but personally even though i've i've not really cared about the pokemon games a ton over the last few few installments i still like the the way that they play out so yeah and like i i definitely see what you're saying and that's been i think a big part of that narrative for me too for a long time but i i don't think we have to sacrifice one for the other i think you could present a good pokemon game that is works as like baby's first rpg but also can speak to fans that are looking for something a little deeper um, or they could just put a fucking difficulty meter on the goddamn game. How about we try that? <laughs> Pokemon Survival. Yeah, it's like just put hard mode in it. Come on, guys, not that hard. <laughs> All right. Cool. So 
Yeah. yeah. So um, if you're one of the studios that makes those games we're talking about, uh, try freshening up a little bit. Yeah. Or make hit us up. We're, we'll we'll happily uh, assist you with cons- some consulting. We can't actually make a game. We can sure tell you what you we, what we want you to put in. Oh, well, I can make a game. Don't sell me short. There's the nothing saying that house. I can't. All right, so uh, if you guys want to write in with your own random question, remember you can hit us up at thevideogamepals.gmail.com, get us in the comments down below, hit us up on social media, any of that stuff. Um, Grab it, and it makes it so that I don't have to pick one. So with that, uh, let's jump right into... The news! The news! We talking about the news! The news! The news! We talking about the news! All right, so we've got uh, a, a lot on the news. I usually tell you how many it is. I don't even know. It's a lot. There's a lot of news, guys. Um, so let's just jump into it. So what I think might be the most it, – it's, it's not the most concrete story this week, but it might be the most interesting. Uh, it appears that an unnamed secret studio is hard at work on a new game in the Bioshock franchise. So uh, this news comes from a larger piece by Jason, a.k.a. what, AKA what an actual games journalist looks like, Schreier, uh, about the struggles Hangar 13 encountered while creating Mafia 3. Um, but none of us have played Mafia 3. It's a great article. But um, what was the interesting thing was during that research, he uncovered info about a secret Bioshock project, which is currently codenamed uh, Parkside. So uh, Schreier's sources have revealed that the game is top secret, but it's in the very early stages of development, and its team is currently intentionally being kept very small as they kind of fine-tune the overall like pitch and idea and aesthetic um, because they want to avoid um, basically having uh, some of the problems that they experienced with Hangar uh, 13 and Mafia 3 by um, putting too many people on a project too soon. You know, they said it's not ready for that ramp-up yet. Oh, here I thought um, you were going to say, oh, because they wanted to avoid leaks, but uh, hey... Well, you know, I, they, they, you know, this this is gonna happen when you got fucking a sleuth Jason Schreier on the case, Fair. man. He's gonna fucking <laughs> suss out these leads, bro. Um, and that was the thing. If you read the article and the, like the quotes from it, he's like, it's very tight-lipped. Like he couldn't get them to say like anything about it except for the fact that like it exists. So it's like you know, um, so th- there's not really much else to the story beyond that but this is big news uh this is going to be the first bioshock title that's not helmed by irrational games and uh you know the visionary behind the series ken levine um we knew that this was a possibility i know 2k said i think in 2015 that they saw bioshock as a you know like an infinitely didn't they make bioshock 2 without ken levine that is true yeah, all right. So I guess that that does poke a did hole in that. Yeah, I forgot. I always forget about Bioshock 2, man, honestly. And Minerva's Den, um, both of those were, yeah. So, all right. So it's, it's not totally unprecedented. Pete, did you play 2? Um, I didn't. Oh, okay. Because I know, you, I know yeah. I've, I've seen you play Infinite, and I knew you played 1, but 2... Yeah, I I played 1 twice, and I played Infinite, uh, like, one and a half times. But I never never played 2. I never had access to it until I got the collection, and I don't know. It's not bad. I went back for it's it. It's not a bad game. Um... So that's that's interesting. Um, so that actually that leads into the question I wanted to ask here is uh, what what do you all make of this? Right. For those of you who are fans of Bioshock, um, do you want more Bioshock? Do you feel like 2K should just like let the series rest and, you know, move on to something else? Um, are you concerned about another team heading it up or, you know, does Bioshock 2's existence show you that maybe that's not a problem? Bioshock 2 was OK. Um that's my official review of it, but... <laughs> you heard it here first. Like, I don't know. 
Um, I think it's weird that it's coming like so far after Infinite. I think that's a that good was, thing. What, like five years Honestly. ago now. Uh, longer even, I think. Right? I mean, that was a that was a mid era Xbox 360 game. I feel like that came out in like 2010 or nine. Oh no, Infinite? Not no 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 no. I'm sorry. Like ten or like eleven. Bioshock Infinite's initial release date was March 26, 2013. Okay, so wow. I all was right. Right. So later than I thought. So it's been yeah, almost uh, exactly five years. Five years. Yeah. Um, but like, I really like Bioshock Infinite. I know like a lot of people weren't crazy about it. Um, they're wrong. Yeah, true. That's my official review of people that don't like Bioshock Infinite. Just of <laughs> not even the game, just the people. Yeah. Um, but I'll like, I'll be cautiously optimistic. Like it'll be weird to have it without Ken Levine, but I don't want to say like this game I know nothing about is definitely gonna be bad. Sure. Yeah, I, I, oh no, go ahead, Sean. I was just going to say, uh, Bioshock 1, that was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had with a game. Yeah. And uh, I never played the second or the third, although I own both. Classic um, reference. But, play, play Infinite. Infinite's good and it's short. Yeah, I, I will one day. Uh, <laughs> you know, around the same time that I opened this Crash um, <laughs> game that You I have, have time now? <laughs> That's right. time now, Sean. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, so, so here's here's my thing. Uh, number one, Bioshock Infinite was well received, from what I remember. Uh, people liked it. Uh, so, if if you end it on a high note and you want to make more cash, I don't see any reason not to bring the franchise back. The caveat, of course, is that it would presumably be without the main man behind Bioshock. Uh, and Ken Ken Levine, but there are a lot of people who have similar perspectives and ideas about the world and about philosophy and such that Ken had, and there's no reason why you can't find the proper person to lead a project like this and make it good. As long as you're committed to quality, you can you can make anything good. You just have to really want it to be good. And uh, not let politics and BS get in the way of producing a quality title. The fact that they're starting by having a small team and trying to make sure that they get the pitch and such right, that's a good sign, in fact. Yeah, absolutely. And it leads me to believe that they're taking this seriously um, and trying to be cautious. And that's the right thing to do. Uh, so, I, like Andy, I don't want to pass any kind of judgment because we don't know literally anything but just on the outset this seems like a good start yeah i agree man and i think like being like a a fan of comic books i think has made me a little less precious about that kind of thing that like that medium is built on people like superhero comics are all about legacy right of like writing characters that you didn't create and like i think that there's definitely a chance that there's somebody out there who grew up with Bioshock being a really formative experience for them, they're like, this is the kind of game I want to make, and, you know, hopefully this is their shot, and they they use it well. Cool. Uh, Um, So, oh, did you have something to add? Oh, yeah, I mean... Go for it. I didn't know if we were going to go through everybody or not, but, um, yeah, so I guess I'm the only one who played all three, 
so I'll just roll with that. I, uh, two I thought was pretty damn good, and Infinite was my favorite of the three. Um, every one of them uh, was a great game. I think two, you know, really was fine without Ken. But on top of that, they did start in Rapture and everything. They did make that game built on the world that you know he had started. Right. Well, so again, he created Infinite or helped you know create Infinite, which was another world. But there's like a joke uh, picture in one of the um, rooms in Infinite where it just shows um, the was it say like art direction and it shows. Uh, like water and it says like you know bioshock one and, and two and then it shows like a cloud and it says bioshock three and that's it and it's just like that's the art direction go from water to cloud so <laughs> if, if they're keeping the team small they could be like okay what do we got volcanoes moons you know uh you know what's obscure place you know just think of that shit first and go from there so i think there is a story that could be built out of this and i think the right guy could pull this right out I think also if you had played Infinite, you uh, the name suggests as well that there really is infinite number of stories that could be told in this universe. So the world that they set up on has ended on a high note, and to me it was the best way they could have ended it. And honestly, I'm really excited to see it come back in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I would take a card game based in Bioshock, you know? It's like the way that Infinite ends just leads it to be that you know you wait five or so years and then feels like the right time to come back to it so i think they could be done and i'm just gonna you know i'm i'm cautiously optimistic as well but i'll throw my hat in and say that it's it's gonna be good regardless like it'll i don't think it'd be worse than like an eight you know you know what i mean like the only thing i can see this thing getting messed up on is if like there's an engine problem or some like new uh you know tech they're trying to roll out for it to spruce it up and make it feel fresh and it doesn't really you know work 100 percent. but if they stick to the core values of what made bioshock one and at least one and three popular it should be fine you know i'm not worried at all i feel like they'll they'll pull it out you know yeah you have a good roadmap for for a good game there instead we're gonna get plasmids battle royale or slide no no Plasmids. <laughs> hey, the best thing is, man, you you have between one and three plasmids and tonics. You find out they're connected too. It's like that's also amazing. So everything is connected between these games. There's clear ways to reference and even you know pull stuff from the previous uh, installation of everything. Sure. You know, two could be stuff pulled right out. They they could use anything. They've already set up a huge amount of shit to pull from. So. Yeah, so we're looking forward to this one. Uh, we'll we'll definitely keep you posted on it as uh, as the story develops. And um, yeah, uh, good luck, guys. Uh, so next up, Boss Key Productions, the Cliffy B led indie studio behind Lawbreakers, has released their next game, Radical Heights, uh, to early access. Uh, the catch: they are throwing their hat into the growing and increasingly crowded battle royale scene in hopes to make enough money to salvage the studio. Uh, so this came after Boss Key announced it was moving on from Lawbreakers because of its failure to find an audience, um, which has, you know, been well reported. Um, Radical Heights is, uh, their next effort. It's a free-to-play battle royale game with a really loud and campy, like, 80s game show theme. Uh, very interesting, very different art style. Um, and the whole, like, hook of it is, like, players compete for cash and prizes, you know, as they attempt to kill one another, and that's kind of, like, the point system. It's like the running man. um, yeah, right, and uh, similar to, like, uh, Smash TV, you know, that old that old school fucking, I think it was a Sega game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's very much like Smash TV, it seems like. Um, 
So here's a quote from Bosky that explains how that mechanic works too. They say, only in Radical Heights does in-game cash you find carry over into future matches. Play matches, collect cash, kill contestants, interact with the game show elements, and more to buy cosmetics from your personalized or from your personal prize room or to put out some of that sweet cash into your bank to help buy a weapon next match quicker than your opponents. The choice is yours. So I think that's a really interesting mechanic. Agreed. You know, uh, this aesthetic's cool, and I, the idea of like, hey, you earn this in-game currency by playing, which I'm sure you, I'm sure you can also pay money for, uh, that you can use to either give you an advantage the next time you play or to buy cosmetics is like that's really cool. It's it's I like that risk reward there. That's that's pretty that's pretty unique. Um, so then they said, uh, or, or, I'm sorry. Um, this is back to me. Uh, the aesthetic is obviously, like I said, very, very steeped in like 80s kind of vibe. There's a lot of like very like, you know, if you're familiar with 80s culture at all, you'll, there's a lot of 80s themed like weapons and vehicles. There's uh, BMX bikes, workout trampolines. Uh, one of the weapons they, that they've showed off a lot is like there's a four barreled rocket launcher that fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger used in uh, the movie Commando. Um, so it's, it's like a lot of like deep cut kind of eighties, like references like that, which is cool. Definitely sets it apart from, from Fortnite and, uh, um, and PUBG for sure. Uh, so, but if you were like me and you're wondering how the struggling studio had any time to develop this game, uh, they've confirmed that they made it in five months. Um, so it's in very early access. They've been very transparent about the fact that they need to put this game out there and try to generate interest in it while they're developing it or, you know, th- like the future of the studio is at stake. So um, it's uh, currently available, free to play, Steam early access. Um, and uh, if you want to pick up, there's a founder's pack, which has, quote, exclusive items and bonuses. Uh, that's also available for 15 bucks. If you want to, if you like the idea, you want to throw your hat in the ring on this one. Um so what is what is your read on this move, guys? Do you think that uh, do you, do you think that this is going to be able to find its niche in this like kind of crowded market, Peggy from Memesville? So first off, uh, I just want to mention like Radical Heights itself looks so much fun, but it looks like all the characters are from Toy Story. If you see screenshots, I think that's an actual like at, yeah. Go ahead and look it up. I think it's a very accurate. <laughs> just... Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I think it's a very accurate description from what I have seen. Yeah, they have a. It, it's like a. It's they like have a like a very feel. That's what I was gonna say. They have a very plastic look to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm for it's that. Like, like, it looks really cool. It's different. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's like I think, and also it's a mix between PUBG and Fortnite. A little bit, you know, not a little bit, a lot of it towards the Fortnite version of it. But like, I feel like it's a little bit like I think it adds a little bit more uh, strategy, at least from what I've seen. Um, but in terms of, like, Battle Royales and all that jazz, I've seen so many copycats within the next, within the past, rather, like, three months, even. If we go back farther than that, there's just a shit ton more. Um, but I do like what they're doing here, and I'm actually gonna, gonna, uh, download it as soon as we're done with this podcast, because I forgot to Yo, yo, let's play. Andy and I downloaded it to play the other night, and we didn't get around to it. Let's do the shit. But yeah, like, it looks really, really cool. Um, I don't know if it's enough to save a struggling studio, but um, I think caching, when you need cash and you make it look the way that that they have it looked right now, I think it's a very good move, and it's probably your best bet right now. Ow. It's your best bet right now. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know what happened there. You're having a tough time this morning. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool that they needed money and the whole game is about getting money. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, it's it's really being... funny, too. Yeah. Oh, no. I was just going to say it's funny because when you download it, like, this Steam icon is literally just a fucking cash sign. Wow. <laughs> they called it and Project like... Dollar Bill. And it's funny because, like, obviously, like, that's... You know, it's kind of unintentional humor on that, but like I was just like, "All right, guys, it's maybe a better icon you could have picked." But uh, hey, they said they were being very transparent. They're clearly very transparent. Yeah, I I, just, I hope this works out. For yeah, them. me too. You know, I think um, they made a bad move by releasing it so early. Ooh. You think so? Yeah, it is like I watched some like streams of it because I haven't had a chance to play, and it just looks not fun where the game is right now. Really? Like, yeah, like, it it's in a really like bad just, state. It's so early, early access. And it's like, that's, I get it. I get that you want to be able to, like, you need to drop this trailer now to save your studio, and you want to be able to say, try it tomorrow. But the game does not look like it was ready to be even early access. I mean, in five months, I'm not exactly surprised by that. Yeah, it, it, it just feels like a bad move. And my my only hope is that because they've been transparent about we've been working on this game for five months, it's a passion project, this is, you know, why we release it in this state, like, that people give them a little bit of rope and, like, are interested enough in the idea to see it through. Because I'm not going to go spend $15 on this game, but I'll try it. I'll leave it installed and see how it goes because um, I, I am interested in it. So, yeah, Sean. For sure. hey. I was going to say, Sean, do you have any takes Funny. on this one? Fellow raid member. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ah, uh, is I know what you're going to say. Uh, I know it's not a game for you, at least. Fine, <laughs> even though you can actually play it. And, but uh, what do you? I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about Pete. I'm very curious about what you have to say about this because you and I went toe to toe in PUBG, so I imagine this is going to be. Not as bad, but still pretty bad for this game. I gotta get out one of those boxing bells. Ding, ding. <laughs> so, uh, I'm actually gonna wave the white flag because there isn't going to be any battle, and I don't want to battle you. Uh, I, I actually... Why are we doing the um, YouTube thing if we're not gonna battle? What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to bring up PUBG later in the show if you want to fight Fine. Me. Um... In fact, actually, no, because now it's a real game. So uh, so with this, right, um, first of all, I think it looks sweet. This is very cool. I love the aesthetic. I love just, you know, I watched the trailer, and it just looks awesome. Um, I agree with Andy. I think that, you know, putting something like this out so early is, is it's just going to hurt the game. Just And I only mean it just because it's so probably rough right like you yeah. know you gotta imagine five months it's not a long time no. some games take five years to make right like <laughs> it's, it's five months uh so so there's that but but putting that aside like the fact that this this is kind of unique right like this is like hey we need to make this game because we need your money play our game right now five months in you can be a part of the development you know blah 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 uh it, it makes it kind of interesting and kind of like a I don't know, kind of like a story you can grab onto. Like, it's kind of heartwarming in a little way. Yeah. Um, and, and I see that as being different than the PUBG scenario. Uh, regarding the fact that the um, that the Battle Royale uh, world is kind of 
you know, tight right now. Like there's a lot of them. I think this one stands out because it does have unique mechanics, and I think that that's pretty cool. Yeah, as and, and the aesthetic, like it, it looks different than any other game on the market, and that's a big deal too. Sorry, um, I was just gonna say, kind of like to to kind of like broaden, not broaden. We're staying in the conversation. I swear, we're not going off the rails, but like. I've had this theory, and I think I've said this on this podcast, where we're seeing kind of a cycle through pub through uh, Battle Royale games, where it started in Armor 3, but then that got transcended to H1Z King of the Kill, because Armor 3 was a mod, and then King of the Kill servers started to go down, so it moved on to PUBG, and then PUBG wasn't doing what the fans really wanted to do, and, and you know, the servers again, so they moved on to Fortnite, and now Fortnite is cool and all, but, like, they've had some issues now, and now we're seeing, um... Radical Heights start to kind of gain traction in a way. And I don't think... Just to build on that real quick, uh, fucking Jeffrey Grubb from VentureBeat, he pointed out that on the day or at least it was a number three game on Twitch. Yeah. So, yeah, people are... He said it's mostly Shroud, Mm -hmm. but new Battle Royale game Radical Heights is the number three game on Twitch right now. No ad hashtag ad sponsorships as far as I can tell. Seems like there's room to at least get attention on Twitch with games like this. Right, and that and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's such a cycle that we've been seeing, and I swear I'm going to map it out one day and put it in a really bomb-ass article, but, like, there is a absolute cycle that we're seeing, just, like, a, a total, like, uh, turnover of Battle Royale games, and I can very... I don't think it's an uncommon possibility in, like, universes to see Radical Heights be the next Fortnite slash PUBG slash H1Z1 slash Armor 3. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think there's de- there's definitely room for another Battle Royale game. You know, like, I, I, don't, I don't think that, like... Like, Fortnite is fucking massive all of a sudden. Yeah. And, like, obviously PUBG's still a big deal, but, like, at the height of the MOBA, you know, like, we had your League... Dota, and then there was, like, that string of other games that fought for number three that was originally taken by Heroes, or eventually taken by Heroes, but it's like you had, um, what was that hey, three-dimensional one called the Gods? That's what I was gonna say, yeah, Smite, that Smite, like, Smite was like a big deal for me. Big. And, and that's the thing, is, like, I think, yeah, this could totally etch out a niche for itself, you know, it's unique looking, It's it's got a fun mechanic, like... It's got good pedigree behind the game, like... And it's it sacrifices we'll the... the uh, <laughs> from what I see, anyway, bless you. Bless you. It sacrifices the uh, crafting element in Fortnite for that, like, more capitalistic money part, which I think is actually something that could be really, really useful, A, in PUBG, but also B, like, just, like, in general, that's a really interesting mechanic to go by, and you can do a lot with that. So I'm, yeah. I'm very interested to see where this goes. Yeah, and, like, I prefer that mechanic to the idea of crafting, because I just, like, am not a big fan of crafting and building and games in general, mm. like, unless that's, like, the point of the game. Um, Minecraft. It's, like, right, or, like, you know, a city sim or something, but, like, if I'm playing a game to, like, do some pew-pew shoots, I want to do pew-pew shoots. Yeah. So, like, the idea of it just being, like, kill people to get prize money to unlock better gear, it's, like, all right, cool, that's simple, I, I'm, I'm down. Done. So we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll have some impressions on it for you next week. We're gonna we're gonna try and jump into it maybe this week. Um, hey man, at least it's free. Like the big difference for me is like PUBG you had to pay for, and like early access or not, you know I've paid for fucking games that have come out on Steam and said early access that probably were developed in a shorter cycle than this, but I didn't have to pay for this. So uh, yep, bad if it's shit, uh, it's free. <laughs> so it's got a chance. Yeah, yeah, it's got a chance. I think. So we'll see. We'll see what happens on this one. We'll report back up on it as it uh, updates. Um, all right, so moving right along, uh, Sean. I guess 
Peggy too. This one's for yeah. both of you guys. Yeah, this uh, this is for both of us. I know, yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just like used to like like Sean's Sean's a Blizz boy. Like you're all over the esports scene, but you're like Overwatch, that's your real bread and butter, so Alright. BlizzCon <laughs> will return to the Anaheim Convention Center on November second and third. Tickets go on sale Wednesday, May 9th Hi. at 7 p.m. Sorry. Hi! Uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time uh, before another batch will go live on May 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, tickets are going to cost $199. Uh, no word about the virtual tickets yet, so we'll have to update you guys on that one. That doesn't come for another couple months. Right. So, yeah, no, no real details about that. But uh, they also uh, announced that fans are going to have the chance to attend Blizzard's eSports uh, event, basically their opening week thing that they do the week before at the Blizzard Arena in Los Angeles uh, from October 25th until the 29th. And it's going to include uh, the StarCraft World Championship Series Global Finals, which is a fucking mouthful, the Heroes of the Storm Global Championship Finals, the World of Warcraft Arena World Championship Finals. Um, okay, and that's it. Oh, no, no. And then we're going to culminate. With the Overwatch World Cup and the Hearthstone Global Games. Hype. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so lots of events. Obviously, a couple really big ones. Uh, obviously, the Overwatch World Cup, that's going to be a big deal. This is the first one. I'm sure there's going to be a lot. Uh, no? Isn't it? I thought this was the first one for the OWL. First one with, with Owl, but Owl's not associated with this, really. Uh, this is just Oh, the, okay. I didn't know yeah, that. This is, this is like Overwatch's version of Olympics. I believe okay. this, is the all right. third, okay. this will be the third one. See, this is why I keep Peggy around. She knows all the deets. Um, so, yeah, uh, not, not too much to report here other than that it exists, and I, I'm sure you guys are excited about it. So what, what are your thoughts on this? I'm going to spend so much money on Blizzard. What? <laughs> Where are you going to go? I went last year. Uh, I know. And it was, granted, it was myself and uh, Sabriel from from Overbuff, I believe, or Over.G. I really need to figure that out. Sabriel, uh, who is an Overwatch journalist and really, really <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, she and I just literally camped out in the Blizzard Arena the entire time. Um, sorry, in the Overwatch World Cup Arena the entire time. And it was so much fun to watch live, so much fun to see. Uh, walking around at the end of the day, just looking at everything else, was just, like, first off, Hearthstone, best set. Clearly. Like, hands down, thousand percent, best set. Um, but, like, the entire, like, everything about it was really cool, and, like, everyone goes there the day before as well to, like, show off cosplay and that sort of stuff, and just kind of hang out and get their tickets and all that jazz, and, like, it's not, it didn't feel like it was a convention, it felt like it was just such, like, a a natural gathering, and it felt a little bit like home, to be honest, like, it was just, it was so nice, and I'm so excited, I should be there again this year, uh, covering stuff for the World Cup for, for Winston's Live and insert insert uh insert news arc here. But like it's it's gonna be hype and I'm so excited to see it back and I'm really excited for that uh Blizzard Arena stuff. That should be really, really good. I think I think I'm gonna start a GoFundMe or something and like try to round up the money to send me and Sean to BlizzCon. And I'll just follow I'll just follow you around with the camera though. Like I don't I don't I have like almost no interest in ninety percent of the things they're gonna show, but I love a good presentation, man. And I'll just follow you around and just get a, a bunch of just video of Sean just like beaming like a child, just like <gasps> <gasps> Yo, honestly though, like, for 
first off, like, going back to, like, the sets and all that like, every every set was really cool, but, like, in Hearthstone, you could actually, like, grab a beer and sit down at the long tables, and, like, it was Dude, legitimately a tavern. Like, it was, it well, the, the only the part that you saw on camera, but, like, it was legitimately cool, and also on the right side, there was a literal tavern that had, like, couches, and, like, you could charge all your stuff, and you could, like, and there were, like, waitresses going around, that sort of thing, like, for, uh, Hearthstone has the best stuff. <laughs> Has the best set, is what I'm saying. <laughs> they're not the best game, but their presentation is on fucking point. And I'm, like, that's Dope. honestly the most hype that I am about Blue Sky. Outside of the actual, <laughs> like, Overwatch World Cup, like, in terms of, like, seeing stuff, the Hearthstone stuff always killed. Alright, guys. Well, if you want to see me and Sean's vlogs live from BlizzCon, <laughs> uh, hit hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com, and I'll connect you. You can go donate to my, uh, my fucking pay account on my Twitch stream, and I'll put all the money <laughs> towards us going to BlizzCon. <laughs> Let's make this shit happen, guys. Uh, Alright, so, in perhaps the weirdest news this week, Minecraft on Nintendo Switch is getting Xbox achievements. Sure. Okay. Yep. Why not? All right, yeah, right? So a set of Xbox Live achievements for Minecraft for Nintendo Switch was uh, spotted by uh, a content creator named Patrick Maka, Maka, uh, who posted about, um, you know, his his findings of them on Twitter. Uh, And then it was confirmed by the uh, achievement tracking website, True Achievements. Um, It looks like it's the same list of achievements that are found on other non-Microsoft platforms like uh, Android, iOS, um, obviously PlayStation has, like, the trophy system, so it's not the same, but, so this isn't, like, unprecedented, and, uh, apparently, we got this confirmation, like, last year that this was gonna happen, um, what? But, yeah, like, so, in the Polygon article where I read this news, it says, a a representative for Minecraft confirmed to Polygon that the game's Switch version will indeed, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it says later this year. I misread that. I, when I read it originally, I thought it said it came from last year, and I was like, how did I miss this news? All right, cool. So that was a misinterpretation when I originally read the article. So yeah, apparently they're going to drop later this year, and um, it, it's going to come with the Bedrock update, which is, I guess, one of the next major updates to Minecraft. But I, I think this is interesting because this is, like, obviously an extension of the thing that already exists with Minecraft on Nintendo, where, like, you do go in, like, you have to go in through the Microsoft uh, storefront to, like, buy certain content, you know? Um, it's just weird. It's weird to see, like... You know, I, I don't think this, is like, means anything. I don't think this is indicative of, like, a larger trend. But, it like, seeing major, like, publishers or, like, console manufacturers work together like this is, like, pretty unprecedented. So I just thought it was interesting. Like, what do you guys think about this? Any thoughts? It's weird. It's weird, but I don't think it would have happened if it was Microsoft and Sony. Oh, I mean, it's not. No, no, like, no. It's I, definitely I mean, not. Like, in, in, like, in general, I feel like Nintendo is just a little bit more of, like, a, yeah, okay, we'll work with them, but, like, it's just, like, out of the top three, you know what I mean? Um, I think this would, if it happened at all, which I had originally considered completely uncommon, uh, this would probably be the, the combo that would be most likely to happen. Yeah, and especially when you think about the fact that Nintendo Switch is also part of their Minecraft Everywhere platform, where it's one of the, it's like, you know, can connect with Xbox players or people on iOS and Android, so it it makes sense they're part of that broader ecosystem in a way that, like, Sony isn't because they don't have to be, you know? Like, they're, they have a way bigger audience and they're direct competition, you know? And like, and like you said, Nintendo's kind of like doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. So. They're the indie band. Yeah. 
Yeah, but they're like the really <laughs> successful indie band that like everybody heard of. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like dude, <laughs> fair enough. Terrible. I was gonna say it's like uh, Xbox and PlayStation are like Biggie and Tupac, and it's like Nintendo's just like Nas. You know, it's like they're just like off on their own, being Whose awesome. World like, is this? <laughs> My world is yours. Did you guys ever play Tony Hawk Underground yeah. Part yeah. One, where you'd ride around yes. and that song would play? Yes, dude. And like, especially like, dude, I loved that. I remember as a kid, and I was like, oh, dude, is this song like written for this game? Because he's like, oh, the king of the underground. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Pete! So good. I know. I was like fucking ten, man. I don't know. Peter suburban white kid and Bessie. <laughs> yeah, it's my first exposure to hip hop, you guys. <laughs> Fair enough. Tony Hawk, man. Good shit. All right. It's cool. So moving along. <laughs> yeah, he just turned 50. Wow. Did he? Yeah. Jesus Christ. God bless you, Tony Hawk. <laughs> um, so uh, now we've got a little bit of flash news. And this is something we did in the past that was a lot of fun where we kind of just got through some quick hits of stuff that doesn't really warrant its own main topic, but, uh, you know, or main news beat, but is worth discussing. Uh, so EA has confirmed that A Way Out has sold over 1 million copies, uh, which is something that uh, the creator Joseph Forrest pointed out on Twitter means that actually 2 million people or around 2 million people have played it. So that's awesome. Um, and this is ju- in just three weeks, uh, and this sold more copies than EA thought it would sell in its entire lifetime, which is awesome news. Um, obviously, that's great for EA. It's obviously a bigger deal for Joseph and, uh, and the team there. Um, EA predicted that the game was going to sell 203 copies in its first week and would only go on to sell around 894,000 in total. So, quickly served. 203,000 copies. 203,000. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, okay, well. No, no, no. no. You, no. you, you said, said it would only you... sell 203 copies. Oh! Full stop. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me honest, guys. Uh, yeah, so obviously this is that's a huge deal. That's a big accomplishment, and um, you know Thompson and I are, are definitely we're big fans of A Way Out. We're still playing it uh, over on our YouTube channel, so go check out our Pals Play series on it if you uh, haven't checked out the game and you want to watch Thompson dunk on my son. <laughs> yeah, your kid had it coming. He should have been better at basketball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, man. I, I know. You know, reception on that game has been a little mixed. The people that like it really like it. A lot of people didn't have a warm reception of it. But I'm glad to see it's resonating with people. Like Thompson said earlier in the show, uh, couch co-op games, you know, are, are starting to experience, it seems like, a bit of a renaissance. And this game was super innovative, and we've been having a great time with it. So I'm, I'm glad to see some success there. And, uh, you know, hopefully that means the next project will be easier to fund for them, right? So uh, get ready, Sean. Because the Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2 are launching this July. Peter, I'm surprised you didn't know how much I care about Mega Man. Oh, you do. But every time we talk about Mega Man X, Sean's just like, yo, it's one of my favorite games. Like, Like it isn't one of mine. (laughs) Thompson, but you have like 100 games on your list of games that are your favorite games. You've dedicated so much of your life to gaming because you don't sleep. I I keep the SNES Mini plugged in just for Mega Man X, though. So... Baller. All right, so fine, fine. Sean Get and ready, Sean and Thompson, <laughs> because you. the Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2 are coming out this July. So Mega Man Legacy Collection, which features Mega Man X, X2, X3, and X4, and then Mega Man X Legacy Collection 2, Jesus, featuring X6, X, X5, X6, X7, and X8, 
will be available for just $19.99 each digitally uh, in North America. Fans will be able to grab a retail version of the game for $40, which is a combo pack. Uh, if you're on Xbox One or PS4, you get two dicks. <laughs> that was an extremely, extremely unfortunate tongue tie. You get two discs. One for each set of these games. If you're on Nintendo Switch, you will buy the cartridge which has the first collection and get a download code for the second collection. Wow, looks like you're having a really tough morning, aren't you, Pete? It's oh, yeah. honestly, I, I think I drank a little too much of this energy drink and I'm getting a little like jittery. Oh, I, I gotta go. fucking slow down. <laughs> so, uh,. Uh, if you if you guys were fans of the original Mega Man Legacy Collection like I was, uh, you'll have an idea of what you can expect here. Um, the game is going to have a bunch of different like uh, visual effects. Sorry, I stopped because uh, Sean looked over like something was happening. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> My bad. I was like, what's happening? You, you gotta slow down the air drink, man. <laughs> Time and space is bending for you. <laughs> I'm getting jolted, bro! Uh, so... All right, sorry. Let me let me get this podcast back on track here, you guys. Uh, so we're gonna have some some cool visual stuff. They're gonna have uh, like a CRT filter, like they did for the original. Uh, we've got some optional smoothing. Like you can play the game in original resolution. There's a widescreen mode, um, uh, and the original one preserves the aspect ratio by giving you kind of like those nice little borders and everything. So uh, you got a lot of ways to play the game. And uh, for Mega Man X7 and X8, which were, if you don't know, uh, the two that were on the PS2 uh, that Sean lambasted, <laughs> yeah, I think, last week, um, because they're not good, um, they have uh, redone 3D visuals for those games. So they're going to have, you know, sharper HD modern console kind of look to them, which is obviously a big deal because those games are blocky as fuck. Are they removing Axel as well? <laughs> Unfortunately not. So no. Still crap. Still don't want to play those ones. Um but, uh, again, similar to the Mega Man collection, there's also going to be a ton of love packed in this one. There's a full soundtrack for each one of the games. They have new compositions, new arrangements of some of the old songs. They wrote, I think, two or three new, brand new songs. Uh, there's concept art, every single game's original trailer. Just a whole bunch of fun stuff if you're a Mega Man fan to dig through. And they said it, excuse me, uh, it also uh, includes a video called The Day of E. Um, which is a uh, was originally included with Maverick Hunter X that explores the uh, origins Wait, of Sigma, Sigma and the rise of the Mavericks. Yeah, isn't that a Sigma? That's a Sigma. Look. Oh, Day of Sigma. Mm, yeah, some Greek mm, stuff. I'm killing it right now. I'm killing it for this segment, you guys. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then they're also going to have a new challenge mode, which lets you fight against two bosses at once. That's which absurd. is really neat. I like. I can't beat one boss at once in a Mega Man game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like the example they said was it's going to have a uh, chill penguin and then I forget the other guy, but it's the other ice guy from from one of the early X games. So, it's, it seems like a fun idea if you're like a diehard Mega Man X fan, you want a new challenge. And they said that like you can go in with three weapons pre-chosen or if you want to be a badass motherfucker, you go in with just Buster only run. And that's like that separates mm. the fucking adults from the that's children. That's where we that's where we're like, going to start. Buster only run of two <laughs> fucking bosses. Shot or <laughs> I didn't mean you say Sean Thompson. I'll hold you to that when we do our fucking pals play of this. I'm gonna watch you do your Buster only run of that one. Question. It's gonna take a bit I for believe. me to get my, some of my skills back, but you know, hey. I believe though. I believe you could do it. Question. Peg? This is probably completely wrong, but but uh, is Monster Hunter World and this made by the same people? They're both Capcom published games. Because hmm. like this is new, right? Where you can. Fight two bosses at once. 
Yeah, but I, I wouldn't say that these are made by the same team. You know, oh, no, because I was going to say, multiple, like, Monster Hunter yeah. World had that same thing. I was wondering if it was, like, a test run for... Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I could, I could I see, know. like... I could see them being, like, oh, hey, that's a good idea. Okay. But I doubt it was, like, a one-to-one, like, oh, let's try this in Monster Hunter, and then we'll do it in Mega Man. This also makes a lot of sense because... You know, Mega Man games are so based around like, oh, speed run and yeah. like, yeah. how badass can you be? Will you beat the whole game with just a buster? Like what Thompson said, he was gung ho for. Lots of Mega Man players are like that. So this mode makes a ton of sense. And in the original Legacy Collection, they had a really robust challenge mode um, that was doing stuff like this of like, oh, like play this level with only this weapon, and it's like you know, or do this in this amount of time, and like they had a bunch of. Um, People who were, like, big, big hardcore Mega Man fans, like, a couple YouTubers and people and stuff like that, who came in and, like, designed their own ideas for the challenge mode. So, I think that's just, like, a thing they like to do with with these Legacy Collections is give you something new to do if you've played these games eight-way sideways, like so many Mega Man fans have. Um, Except for seven So, and lots eight. of love in these. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh <laughs> So I, I, they've been really killing it with this stuff lately. So I'm I'm glad to see this one. If it's even half as good as the Mega Man Legacy Collection, uh, I'm sure it'll be a good time. I so <clears throat> I uh, I recently, and when I say recently, I mean very recently, purchased the uh, Legacy Collection. Uh huh. And uh, so now I'm gonna have to buy this too. Looks <laughs> like it. Uh, because I want it on the PS4. Absolutely. Hell I yeah. Do. And. Um, I, I just I, I don't understand why it's on two discs. That's a little weird. But uh, beyond that, space I would nothing... imagine just because they have yeah. all this extra shit like those trailers and stuff. Like it adds up, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I don't have anything negative to say about this. This is phenomenal. Uh, Mega Man X needs to come back, and the fact that they're releasing this gives me some level of hope that we're on our way to a brand new game that uh, removes Al- Al- Axel, and uh, also brings us back to that 2D sweetness that we all remember and love. 100% man. Uh and and I think I think you're probably right to think that too, especially like the way they've been, you know, ramping up this stuff in the last couple years. We got the Legacy Collection, <coughs> Legacy Collection now for X, we have Mega Man 11 coming later this year. Um so I think yeah, I think it's time. It's time for X to come back. Yeah, honestly, this SNES Mini was the only way I could play uh, without hooking up the old, you know, SNES, but, like, play on a HDTV and all that shit and any of the X games right now. So, uh, barring having this, uh, that thing, I guess the SNES Mini for me right now, I'll have to find another reason to hook it up, but, you know, this was what I wanted, you know, I wanted a way to play these games. But I, like, but I beat it, so, like, I'm saying the re... Uh, but I beat like everything on this NES Mini except for like Contra at this point because that's fucking stupid. But you know, or Earthbound, play Earthbound. Uh, play Earthbound. <laughs> I don't know, man. In any case, <laughs> I really wanted something like this. I'm really glad there is. I might not pick up the second disc right away because I really like the first four a lot more, and I'm not a fan of seven or eight at all. But maybe it's very cheap. Maybe I'll get them both. Who cares? You know, at that point, they're only twenty bucks for like four games, which is five dollars a game. Fucking steal, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good deal. Um, so, so yeah, this is definitely one to keep your eye out for if you're a Mega Man fan, and if you're like if you've never experienced Mega Man, it seems like a great perfect opportunity to try. Perfect it out. time yeah. to start up for it. If you're bad at video games like me, don't pick uh, it up. They're hard. <laughs> they are very hard, but that's why you have to get good. Uh, so then that's we also right. we also got some uh, some announcements yeah. from Sega. Um, 
yeah, uh, so big, big plans from Sega. You know, we knew that they've been ramping up stuff. They've been really trying to kind of get themselves back in the game here. Um, and uh, we're seeing some movement on that. So Sega confirmed uh, HD re-releases of the PS2 classics Shenmue and Shenmue 2, which uh, people have been clamoring for for a long time. They definitely have a real diehard fan base out there for Shenmue. I don't think any of us have played them, right? Or Hell, I didn't even hear of it until I... like two days ago. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played Shenmue, but one of my friends is a super fan. Yeah of Shenmue, and all he would ever talk to me about in those early years was Shenmue, Shenmue, Shenmue. So he his hype level's on one trillion right now. Wow. Well, yeah, so a lot of people were really hype on this. It definitely has its big fans, and there's been rumors of a, you know of them maybe doing a Shenmue 3 at some point. So uh, I, I probably think this is the step towards that. If this comes out and sells well, they'll see that there's interest, and they we'll get they Shenmue 3. They Shenmue 3, I thought, a couple years ago. Did they actually do? Oh yeah, no, they fucking did. I forgot. It was like 2014 yeah. when they did that shit. Yeah. Do that ever um, like come to fruition or? They're still, no, they're yeah. still working on it. They made a ton of money. Yeah, um, and it's also it's it's got the publisher backing as well, so you know it, it should be fine. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is a great opportunity. You know, if you've never played these games and you know they're uh, they're a gap in your your gaming history like they are for me, maybe this is uh, the time to pick them up. Uh, so go check out the trailer if you're interested, uh, and we'll update you if there's any more information before it comes out. Uh, so they also announced two new retro initiatives, which I'm really interested in. Uh, Sega announced Sega Ages for Nintendo Switch, which is, uh, gonna be coming this summer. All download only. They're gonna be releasing more than 15 titles for Japanese, U.S., and European audiences. Uh, it's gonna include classics like Sonic the Hedgehog, Thunder Force 4, and Fantasy Star, and quote, So and I'm more. a little confused by this? So... Um, just cause I'm not sure, is it going to be just like one title you spend 20 bucks on Sega ages and you get all these games or is it like so, you buy each of these individually as part of like the Sega ages program? I think it's more the latter. I think it seems to me the wording sounds like it's a line because they said all download only. True. So that makes it sound like they're separate from one another. So I imagine it'll be like this is just i think to me this signifies and the reason i really wanted to talk about this i think this is a bigger signifier that we're probably not going to actually get virtual console back that we might just see retro games get re-released rather than have it being its own segmented thing from the eShop. um yeah because i mean this sounds exactly like that right like oh it's sega ages similar to like nintendo when they did the arcade archives and it's like Okay, I, I think this might just be, we might just see, like, publishing initiatives like this. But that's cool. I mean, I think uh, summer is usually a quiet time. So uh, the idea of, like, dropping a bunch of, like, good retro games at a good price on Switch it seems like a no-brainer. I'm sure that's going to be successful for them. Um, at least, you know, some of the, like, really, really top-tier, like, Genesis titles, I'm sure, will will move the needle for a lot of people. Uh, so then they also announced their first official answer to Nintendo's mini consoles, the Sega Genesis or Sega Mega Drive, if you're outside of the States, uh, mini. So it's going to be released in Japan first, with U.S. and other territories coming later this year, which is according to At Games, who is the uh, company making, you know, making the, the unit, basically. Uh, but it is going to be officially, like, put out by Sega, which is the reason this is a little different. At Games actually made that Genesis console that we discussed last year that was kind of a flop. Um, but this one's actually being like, like Sega is behind this initiative. So it's a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. Um, so I, I linked down below, you can check out a link to it and check out a picture for yourself. There's really not much information about it at this time. So we'll have to update you on this one as it develops, but, uh, interesting stuff from Capcom and Sega. So 
Uh, just wanted to, to touch base on that stuff. Any thoughts on the Sega Ages Initiative or the Sega Mini? Um, Sega Ages Initiative is cool. I've always wanted to check out like the Fantasy Star games. Oh, you love them? Yeah, yeah. You would love them. They're really fun. Um, I never have. I love me some old school Sonic. And yeah, I, I'm interested to see where they're going with this. Also, like the Genesis Mega Drive combo, it's cool. I probably won't get it, but it's cool. I have to see more of it. Like, I don't necessarily think I'm interested in it either, but if it comes out and it has a really attractive games list or, yeah, you know, like, whatever. Yeah, like, what's the and more? Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, uh, eh, I don't know. We'll see about that one. Uh, so the, the, the Genesis Mini, like, that's way more up my alley than the, the yeah. SNES Mini. I grew up on the Genesis. So that explains so much. Yeah, dude. No, no, I'm way more interested in the Genesis thing or the uh, mini over the uh, the rest of this stuff. You know. Yeah, this is this is very much in my world. So uh, the chances that I pick it up are gonna be based around the games list, just because I have uh, like I, I've become an I've become an emulator person, so I can play all any of these games at any time. So yeah. if the games are enough for me to warrant spending whatever this is gonna cost to get that HD uh, gameplay, then I'll be there. But if the games aren't, then you know I might. It might be cost to pause. Yeah, and getting to play with like a proper controller is a big deal too, because the Genesis controller is so different. Like doing Genesis emulation is always kind of weird, you know, because like mapping the six buttons is really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I play with uh, you know like a regular generic controller that you can get from GameStop or yeah. whatever, and it's it's never been a problem. Uh, I guess I guess I can understand that, but for me. Uh, I don't know. My head just, my brain just got used to, okay, these are where the buttons are, and it's been fine. Yeah, and, like, I, it's not that I don't think I could get past it, but I think, like, especially in recent years, like, my big usage of emulators has been through the context of, like, Let's Plays. You know, it's, like, most of the time when I'm playing an older game, like, it's for, like, a quick burst of just, like, oh, let's, like, take a walk down memory lane and fuck around with this game. And I remember, like, when me, Thompson, and Andy were doing our old YouTube channel, uh, we had a retro show that we used to do, and we kind of would shy away from Genesis games because it was always, like, like we'd map all the buttons, and then it's just, like, what's what yeah, again? Like, where like, do what I the put the doing? On? And it's, like, <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, I remember, like, trying to play Street Fighter, and we were just, like, this is not fun. Like, this is, it's distracting not yeah. being able to use the right controller, you know? Um, so I, that I think is the big thing for me with this is like that I could think if it's got a good lineup and it's got the right controller and it's got the right level of like um, presentation like with the NES and the SNES Classic or Mini because those things are fucking awesome like there's such a love letter to that era and those games and if it's got a similar production value give I can me see a Dreamcast Mini Sega oh I I'm thinking we're gonna see Dreamcast games on Switch uh, sooner than later. That's that's my Dreamcast guess, had but... games. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's hard. They had ten. House of the Dead okay, too, fair. man. Sonic Adventure, nonstop. Bro, I would I would really fucks with a House of the Dead two port on Switch where you use the the fucking the the you know that you get the Joy Cons as the gun. Oh, Pete, it would be fucking perfect, dude. right? Dude, oh my god, you're Bring back speaking the light my guns. language, dude. Bring back the oh, light man. gun, man. I, yeah, that would be fucking tight. And can you imagine fucking playing that shit on the go? Right? It's like, oh man, me and Sean got to fly to BlizzCon. Let's fucking play some House of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about it. I'm about it. 
Alright, so for our main topic this week, we're going to close down the show with another Jason Schreier joint. Uh, according to some of his sources, despite the rumors that have been circling about dev kits being released, the PlayStation 5 is still quite a ways off. Um, so it's funny because I'm not surprised by this. Uh, the reason we haven't reported on those rumors is because I didn't really take much stock in them. Um, but Jason, as he's wont to do, uh, got to the bottom of it, and I wanted to use this as kind of a springboard to discuss, um, this console generation and, and how you're feeling about it and where you think we're at on this timeline, right? So I'm going to read a little bit from Jason's article, uh, much shorter than some of his regular stuff, but, um, you know, I'll link to it down below like everything else, you know, I, I like to call this stuff required, required reading, I think you should always check out Jason's work. Um, but I want to give you the, just the highlights so that we can, you know, we can jump into it and have the discussion. So, uh, Jason writes, a recent rumor got, a recent online rumor got people buzzing about a possible 2018 release of PlayStation 5. Get the fuck out of here. But that's probably not going to happen. In fact, from what we've heard, the next PlayStation is a ways away. It may not arrive until 2020. Oh, wow. You mean like when their slate of first party games, uh, ends right now? Crazy. It's been nearly five years since the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One launched, which has triggered bouts of nervousness and excitement among video game fans who want to know when they'll have to start hoarding pennies for a new generation of consoles. The <laughs> PS4 launched seven years after the PS3, and the Xbox One eight years after the Xbox 360. It's not unreasonable to be thinking about the next generation. We don't have a concrete answer just yet, but we have been asking around, and what we've heard is a whole lot of uncertainty. Over the past month, I spoke to dozens of game developers across a variety of disciplines and studios about the next generation of consoles. Of those, two people have said they were directly familiar with plans for Sony's new console. The two people who told me that the next PlayStation is unlikely to release in 2019, let alone 2018, although they were careful to be clear that these plans are always shifting. Quote, on a multi-year project, a lot can happen to shift schedules both forward and backward, one person said. At some point, Sony's probably looked at every possible date. It's all about what they think is the best way, is the best sweet spot in terms of hardware. A surprise, and this is unquoted, uh, a surprise move by Microsoft or another competitor, for example, could trigger a change in plans. Most of, the, uh, most of the developers I spoke to via phone, email, and text said they had not heard anything about plans for a new PlayStation. Even employees at Sony's first-party studios said they have not yet been briefed on the existence of a PlayStation 5. People across all the disciplines, design, art, engineering, at major studios working on games scheduled for 2019 and beyond have told me that, there is, uh, that if there is information about the PS5 at their companies, they haven't heard about it. Uh, those people said they haven't heard about a new Xbox either. In summary, there is information about the PlayStation 5 floating around both at both first and third party companies, but it's far more limited than it would be if the console's release was imminent. And that's where we're going to stop. That's about halfway through the article. So if you want to get some more of the background, hear more from, uh, from Jason's sources and what he was able to sleuth out, uh, absolutely go check that out. Again, Jason Trier, uh, one of the best in the biz. And um, I always just want to give him proper credit because uh, he's doing the hard work. We're just talking about it. <laughs> so um, I, I'm not surprised by this news, but I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are before we dive into the rest of the discussion. Um, did you guys hear the rumors about the PlayStation 5? Did you take any stock in them? What, what, are, what were your takes on that? I'm well, Thompson, you, yeah, you, go ahead. Uh, right, so I have heard the rumors. I thought they was bonkers. I believe in miracles, but that is beyond a miracle. Uh, there's no way in hell that they were going to release a new system, let alone, like he said, 2020, I think, because you got to take into stock many 
factors, but some very simple ones like Pete had mentioned before, the first party, uh, you know, it, th that's just huge. I mean, that's just gigantic. Second of yeah. all, like, if you look at what PlayStation Live stuff, uh, like Xbox Live and all that, what services they offer and how many services they offer. Like, on PlayStation alone, they have, like, you know, the View and the... The, st the streaming for the games, I, f I forget the name, was that the uh, Now? PS Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and PS, uh, the Plus service, you know, and, and just, there's just so much shit, and they're always expanding on those services, and they're, they're really trying to make their platform the platform, and uh, I feel like they're not, yeah? Oh, I was gonna say, and similarly, it, like, the thing is still selling like crazy. Right. So there's no you there's no like, need to like say let's put out a new model of this and have to restart all these services and recode all this bullshit when they're still perfecting a lot of that stuff. We were just talking recently about the play PS Now thing that it didn't work for us when we tried to use it because of spotty you know service. It's like there's no way that they're not gonna. Like, I mean, okay, but maybe they will, but I highly doubt they're gonna. Uh, try to put a new console out and when they're still working on all these other things and there's still a lot more things they can release and I'm sure they have things down the pipe that we don't even know about to expand on those services and you know uh, like they said a surprise release of something it's the switch was no surprise but I think the level of uh, success was a surprise that may move the timetable up a little bit but I don't think it's gonna move up anywhere like if anything I thought it would have been say like 21 or 22 now I consider it maybe 2020, you know, and that's because of the Switch mostly. And, and the, the, I, I think seriously, considering also the, what is it, um, the upgraded 4K thing for, um, PlayStation. Oh, like the plus, like the plus PlayStation Plus yeah. and Xbox One X. Yeah. yeah the, the modular those, consoles. I mean, I think. Or not modular. Um, point like five. Half step yeah. upgrades. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, yeah. 4K compatible, uh, upgraded systems. And, you know, the, the Xbox has, has an incredible level of, of power in it right now. It's like the most powerful one. To say that we're going to put a new model out that's more powerful than that on a level that means something to me seems ridiculous. On a consumer level, that, that seems impossible. You're talking like... And like so soon? Yeah, that's what I mean. You're talking like server-level you know, like, stuff at that point. There's no way you're going to make that cheap enough for someone to buy right now, uh, let alone, you know, really implement a video card, like a two-grand Titan video card into a fucking console. I, I don't see that happening yet. Even be, I just don't think it's there. I don't think the technology is there. We uh, those things on on 4K systems are pretty fucking powerful right now. And I think they're really pushing the limits of what we can already do. And, and it's no lie saying that's the most powerful system. To expect something, you know, sooner is crazy. Beyond having a name saying like after the PS4 dropped, saying like yeah, it's a the thing. PS5, like we're doing it. <laughs> like beyond that, I don't think, you know. That's it. Like, that's sure what they've got at this point. <laughs> I think even that announcement is far away because, again, there are so many games we haven't gotten yet. I know. Like, yeah. Why would you? Why would you kill hype for a system that's selling well, has software on the horizon to announce something new? Like, no, that doesn't make sense. Not to ramble too much, but we we know that like games come out nearing the life uh, cycles and are really fucking good because they've had all this time to work with the the components and know how the systems work. And like you know, yeah. late era PS2 games were fucking stellar. You know, PS3 games as well. You know, um, Xbox titles too. We had that. We had that going for what eight years? You said or some shit like crazy. Yeah, it was um, eight, eight years. And they were Xbox great. And, you know, uh, like some of the best games I ever played are on the tail end of the 360 that i i still remember almost kind of like it was a ps4 experience because like this, they remembered so fondly you know so just so like we're not done with this yet we're only five years in we got we got a minimum of two if we're lucky you know it'll be that fast but i don't think so yeah i think you make a lot of good points man somebody want to jump in
Yeah, holy shit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's why I said a two-grand Titan card. Like, that's on the low end if you want to get something better, man. Like, Pete, like, we when we shot for that one video card, remember, I was like, hey, this is, like, 400, and that's good. <laughs> yeah, because it's, like, the next level up is, like, 1.5K, mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa. <laughs> you want to drop another $1,000? <laughs> God help us all. And then to make that in work in a console, I mean, a console is essentially a PC anyway at this point. You know, the parts are pretty much... Now, yeah. You know, they just run like a different OS, essentially. But to to get that marketable is beyond insane. <laughs> so, uh, I, I've always been a fan of really long console cycles. Ooh. Like, I like the eight-year, you know, seven-year type yeah. things. Uh, because first of all, they're expensive, and you don't want to be buying new ones every few years. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I think what Thompson said has a lot of value in that um, there are really great games that come out later, and the longer the console cycle is, the more time the developers have to get familiar and put out those really amazing games that you do get at the end of the cycle. Uh, and each cycle kind of feels like an era of your life in its own right. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know about does. you guys, but like, Oh, it does, yeah. Um, uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I'm very comfortable where we're at, or where I'm at. PS4, I'm happy with that. I don't need something new. I think the, I think Nintendo coming out with, you know, the Wii, the Wii U, the Switch, um, that's fine because those are all so different. Well, Wii U, we can just forget that. Um, don't worry, I did. The Wii... <laughs> from the Wii U and the Switch, those are very different experiences, gaming-wise. And they're always trying new things. The The differences between the PS3 and the PS4, you know, we, we understand what they are, but they're not, they're not in uh, gameplay experiences with respect to the fact that the controller is basically the same, right? The, the games, you know, yeah, they're graphically superior and everything else, but could you have a game from the PS4 era on the PS3 just with dumbed down graphics and such? Yes, you could. For most of them, um, I mean, yeah. The Last of Us is yeah. like proof because I've only played Remastered and look back and it's like, well, that was a PS3 title, you know? Well, yeah. I think to Sean's point, like the level of games that actually couldn't run on that older hardware is pro- we're probably just hitting that threshold now, you know? So yeah, it's didn't like, like, why would you retire the hardware so before you haven't even experienced what it can really do it didn't like destiny run for like the longest time on like ps3 and shit like it was on it until the end right it was like the, the yeah. last i think it was the second to last expansion when they stopped supporting yeah they're like it, that, that shit yeah. ran forever man like that was crazy you know yeah and and on top of that you have like a great example of sports games will tend to release uh on both consoles the, mm-hmm. the prior generation and then the new one for years and it's not yeah, it's not until that midway point where they stop releasing for the old generation. And that's kind of when you get into that, what Thompson was talking about. Those really core experiences that you literally cannot have yeah. in the prior generation. Um, to speak to the article, it's obviously a well-written one. You look at the you look at where this comes from, though, right? Like, these rumors, a $1,000 paywall? What, like, what the hell is that, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't think Sony is really looking to give us that ps5 for years from now and i think that's the right call and i would imagine it's the same for the xbox or for microsoft yeah i do i totally agree i think i think uh to just build off a point thompson made earlier and i guess one that jason makes here as well is i think i could see xbox pushing out their next console sooner than playstation and moving the needle because like 
despite all the really good news for Xbox, right? Xbox is selling better. They have all these great, ex you know, not exclusives, but um, the backwards compatibility is going really well for them. Game Pass is really cool. Uh, the Xbox One X is a great system. They're still really behind, and they'll, they'll never catch up to PS4, and, like, the Switch is catching up to them. So I could see Xbox being the most eager to jumpstart the next generation in the same way that the PS4 came out earlier, a little earlier than the Xbox. But, and the Wii U came out ooh. a year earlier than both of them because they were ready to fucking go. Right. You know? I can see... Oh, sorry. That, that could happen, Pete, but, like, I don't know if that's enough... Of, of a push to make the other people respond you know what i'm saying like the switch it, dep will it depends be yeah. the switch it's not gonna change and playstation well, yeah, this, nintendo's on their own no i know but say microsoft does put out another thing right playstation's got plans for years to come like are they gonna hastily throw a ps5 out to compete or stick no. with what they have and just say listen it's fucking working and like you know where are we you know that's an attempt on them so like if they do that they'll stand alone doing that and that would be crazy like that i Hey man, that would be cool as hell, but like that would be a singular event that really doesn't ripple outward. You know, I don't think too much. Well, and that's the thing. I, to your point, man, it's scary because that's like you know who you know what are the two other consoles that did that? What the Dreamcast yeah. and the Wii. U. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, right. And I was like, gonna say we'll get that as soon as we get the point. fucking Atari box. You know, as soon as like the day that Microsoft, you know, in my opinion, says like here's the here's here's our fucking next system. We're gonna get actual details. On this Atari box. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Peggy, I think you were going to try and jump in, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I think I, I agree with you where uh, I can really see Xbox basically forcing a reset. You know what I mean? Where, like, uh, because uh, 360, like the 360 PS3 into the PS4, uh, am I? Yeah, Xbox One. Uh, this It made sense in my head. Now it isn't. But, like... What, like, the, the, the transition between generations? Thank you. I can't yeah. speak very clearly. But, uh, but no, like, I can see them we're, trying... We're to... helping each other out this episode. It's all right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but, like, I can really see them trying to force that reset. And I can also see that being... Um, mm -hmm. I don't see a world where if Xbox pushes for that new, next gen, I really don't think Sony wouldn't follow suit. I don't think that is... Uh, very beneficial especially when so like the main marketing point for like xbox one would be or the next gen rather would be that like even if it's a slight upgrade from what the xbone can do it's still really really good because you know now you can compare it to the ps4 and the ps4 is very clearly lacking in like technological advancement whatever you want to call it um and like i can see people going oh that's a really stronger console and I can see developers start to get into that because it's the new cutting edge thing, which then eventually yeah. forces Sony to, well, now we have to do the thing. And I can see this being a, re uh, a rematch of the 360 PS3. And it, it could happen. And I, I think, you know, I, I think there's, there's truth to both sides of that, right? Because if Xbox does it and it works, that will affect Sony's plans. You guys got to be thinking about this. They'll push out a PS5, but they could move it up, I think you know? It, especially if Xbox continues their pro-consumer ways i think if they continue to be very much like uh there's backwards compatibility you can do this this and this you can't do on the ps4 that you could do on x that you can do on xbox one even um but because it's just the newest thing and it's the the most cutting edge thing i think that that's what's going to take it for them if they do decide to push that fight 
I think also would have to have big games though. So like, yeah, yeah, have I agree. we'd have to yeah. see Phil Spencer's Here's... line of exclusives that he's almost definitely been trying to develop over that since he took over. We're gonna finally see that come to fruition in the next five or six years. You know, I I would imagine. And it's are those late stage Xbox One games or are they launch for the next Xbox? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and that's the question. And I think that could that could even be a tipping point. That could be the all right. We're pushing through with the Xbox Two. I guess. Let's call it that for ease, for ease's sake. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that won't be its name, but please no. <laughs> Watch it be its name. But uh, I could, I could, I could still see them being like, oh, we can get this really, you know, hot game on the next console with like the best graphics that anyone has ever seen, including PC in some cases. Okay, yeah, let's push for it and let's bring the fight to Sony. So that was the idea with the PC thing that I was thinking of. If they like put out another console, right, and their marketing strategy, like how the Switch has said we're going to blend markets, like they've already got the Game Pass. This speaks volumes to the level that they have a commitment to PC games. Why not have like a Steambox version of the Xbox, right? A, har- a much more powerful system that they've already put out. Like I said, like something, yeah, sure, in a, f- in a couple years from now. But if they are the first ones to put this out and they say it also plays like PC games like holy shit you know they already have yeah, the game like, pass if they actually um if they actually nailed like the idea of a modular console yeah you know like that's... having it be like oh like you know instead of putting out an next xbox we're gonna put out a graphics card that you can slot in like they did with the fucking n64's ram expansion you know right so like that would actually work because like they already have a good hold on trying to do that anyway with the pc market and like really the one thing that pc things is just its own so its own little side of the world you know even the switch has minecraft you know what i'm saying like it's it's not like nintendo sits there on its stuff and never like blends out you know we have the freaking mario kingdom battle with rabbits like that's ridiculous so the pc market is just like the pc market but it's ever ever increasingly hitting consoles more and if if there was a console to come out in the next generation of the first big one of the next generation the only one i could see doing it is microsoft and they have the money to do it obviously they're freaking microsoft and the lineage. Yeah. You know, like they're a PC company. Right. So it would make perfect sense for them to have something like that. And that I could see then Sony having to do some of the PS5. Because, like, before I thought there was no fucking way. But if something like that comes out, like, that could do it, man. That, that could definitely cause a panic. That would be, I think, very successful. Just, you know, hitting, hitting that entire market of the PC gaming on the <laughs> TV, you know, just for people who want to sit on the couch. And, you know. So, to, so here's my question, because we're all talking about this as an eventuality. My question is, is the gaming world ready for the next generation of console? No. No, man. I don't think so. Not for at least like, two or three years. I think people are talking about it because, to, to Jason's point, it is a natural thing right now. Like, the Switch is out, and that's a new console. That automatically gets people talking about what's next. It's the five-year mark, which, if you look at, traditionally speaking, most consoles have a life cycle around five years. Um, the Xbox 360 PS3 generation was an absolute anomaly, and it was 100% motivated by the the, the Great Recession of the, you know, uh, early to mid-2000s. It's fair. So that's, that's that. why that happened. And I think that changed our expectations. And I think because of the way the technology is evolving, and I, this is another point I wanted to make, and it's the last major point I have. I also think because of the way that video games are changing, um, incremental console jumps are less important than they used to be. 
Like, not only do we have the idea of these .5 consoles, if you do want a power upgrade that's available to you, I, most people don't care, though. And I think the Switch is an example of that, that we see indie games are a major part of the market now. Uh, PUBG is a broken, old-looking game, which was the, one of the most popular games of last year. Yeah. You know, like, Fortnite is a game that's capable of running on an iPhone. Like, a lot of the biggest, most popular games are not triple a graphic intensive games that are pushing hardware and you know whatever like that's not that's not important gameplay is king good idea is king and this generation is the first generation where that's true like indie games were a big they they had their debut last gen but for the earlier parts of that generation you'll if you guys will remember like in games journalism and stuff it was like you'd always see that line of like oh it's good for a download game you know like they, they were seen as other as lesser as 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 not on the same level as big AAA games, and now they they compete. You know, like some of the biggest games of last year were made by, you know, small teams or you know, independents, all that kind of stuff. So I think that, and the success of the Switch, shows that power isn't that important. You know, and that like if you're not actually innovating with the next console, what's the point of making it? Because to Sean's point, there aren't many major AAA games today that couldn't have been released with shittier graphics on the last generation of consoles. Very few of them have game gameplay systems that are so complex that they couldn't be uh, explored on those earlier models, you know? So that point, I think, just shows that, like, we're not ready for the next step because we're, we don't need it. Like, we're, we're not... I don't think anybody's out there complaining that their console's too weak. And if they are, you can get a PS4 or an Xbox One X and they look fucking great and they're cutting edge as shit. Most people don't even have a 4K TV. Like, why would we make 4K, like, default consoles before 4K TVs are even, um, like, penetrating, you know? That That is a point that I made when we first talked about the 0.5 era and the 4k situation and it hasn't changed that that situation has not changed 4k televisions are still not at the price point that is going to make them uh household they got cheaper but not by much <laughs> right it's interesting because you've seen now a lot of people have cycled out their 1080 models though like 4k is becoming the but you're right we're not there yet and we're probably a couple years off yeah, and that's that's I think that's the same timeline that the consoles are on. Yep. Because obviously they want to make that push towards 4K. Sony obviously is going to want to do it. They sell 4K televisions, right? Um, they're they're going to want their next console to work with with 4K uh, televisions because they can sell them both at the same time. That makes a ton of sense. Um, if 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 Microsoft were to announce the next Xbox is on the way at this year's E3, I would be shocked. And I personally would think that that was a bad idea, especially if they were doing it as a reaction to the current market and the fact that they're behind and getting and about to be the, or maybe about to be the third in the, in the console, you know, war, um, you know, with uh, the switch taking them over. I think that would be a bad bet. And I honestly don't think Sony has any reason to react to that because they're doing so well. And on top of that, I really don't think that anybody except Nintendo can sell people on a new console at this particular moment in time. Like if the Switch hadn't come out and they announced it at E3, I think people would, would feel like, oh, wow, all right, cool, new Nintendo, because it's always so yeah, different. absolutely. But I don't think that Microsoft 
or Sony have any leg to stand on when it comes to a new console five years deep into the life cycles of their previous ones when there's nothing out right now that is so amazing that you that you um, that you there's nothing there's nothing out right now that you're like wow this is stale that's what I mean to say there's not there's yes. nothing stale about this life cycle so why jump into the new one there's no reason to do it and people are not going to go with that it's not gonna happen yeah and I think uh, to your point about Nintendo it's such a unique situation because like the Wii U was a fucking flop you know and it's like the Switch was very much like. Nintendo's fucking apology tour and it's like yo we're fucking 2.0 here man it's a new age of Nintendo get on board and if the Switch wasn't as awesome as it is it wouldn't have succeeded you know and like you know we all had our doubts um so I and I think you're right that like when you look at Nintendo's market at that point they were clamoring for something new they were ready for the next thing and I think gamers in general were ready for a new handheld because we hadn't gotten one since the and 3ds the and the Vita. Vita and those were there's <laughs> they're, they're several years old the end game. they're showing fuck yourself that was mean okay. <laughs> um, uh, but you know the 3ds specifically right is showing its age. And I think people were ready for something new there. And it's just different. It's a totally different conversation. And Microsoft, even though they're in second place, like, they're not in a bad spot. Like, they're selling a good, like, a healthy number of consoles. The people that play on Xbox like the ecosystem. And they're making money. And I think they just got to take their lumps and keep making moves that make them look good. So that when they do debut the Xbox, it's at the right time. And people are willing to give them a shot again. And maybe they can win people back. In the same way that Sony did with the PS4, where they came out with that February press conference and they said all the right shit, and everybody was like, "I'm in." You're like, "That's it." And I think if Xbox can do that and come out, present an attractive console with a good software lineup and a good roadmap for a future at the right moment, that's that's the move. And even if that means suffering for a little bit longer, being in second or maybe third place, but you know, it's like, hey man, Sony did it last generation. Nintendo did it with the Wii U. It's like. Sometimes you got to just fucking take your lumps and wait for the next shot. And as long as you're making money, like, don't rock the boat. And and I believe it would be worse to put out, a, to hotshot a new console than to just stay the course yeah. right now. You burn your audience. You burn all the people that bought the Xbox One X and who believe in that marketplace. Because then it's like, well, fuck. You know, like, why did I buy this? And it's it really I is think, an incredibly powerful system. If if they release something even within the next two years, I feel like they wouldn't even have tapped the end of that system. Because like if you look at how strong that thing is, it's it's so powerful. Like they really weren't it's kidding. A beast. They really weren't yeah. kidding. Like and again to echo what Sean had said, like is there anything that was released that couldn't have been released with shittier graphics? Like probably not. You know. And speaking of which, all the things we mentioned, like the Me- Mega Man uh, Legacy collections and stuff, like like Pete, you said. Gameplay is king. We wouldn't. I don't think we would see so many friggin' remasters if, you know, if people didn't crave the, those quality experiences. You know, and like those graphics don't have to be something like more than they already are capable of, which they're not even capable of experiencing the full end of those graphics, in my opinion, in some cases. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right because when you think about it too, they can't get the full uh, power out of those consoles because they need to make them with the other ones in mind. Yeah. So as long as we are tethered to this generation, that's going to be a concern. Um, but I, I think I think we've we've got around this topic uh, pretty well. I don't think there's probably too much more to say on it. So unless anybody has any closing thoughts they'd like to interject with, 
All right, that's going to wrap up the conversation here on this episode of the Video Game Pals. Remember, if you want to write in and uh, hear your thoughts read uh, about this or any other topic we've discussed on this or any other episode of the show, you can write in to us at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Hit us up in the comments down below or follow at the Comics Pals uh, on all social media platforms and uh, let us know what you think about uh, what we're doing here and what we're talking about. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, so please do. Uh, before we get out of here, um, we're going to do some plugs. So, Peggy, why don't you start us off? Hey, if you like esports and the owl, and I don't mean the one that goes to, I mean the one that the, the Overwatch League, uh, you can follow me at Moriow. Thank you, Pete. M O I R A I O W. It's been a bit of a bit of a uh, uh, more serious news cycle uh, lately, but uh, with some pretty pretty badass games uh, happening both last week and going into this week. Uh, should be a very, very fun time uh, for Stage 3. Cool. Uh, Sean? Cool. So if you want to hear me uh, more, which why wouldn't you, uh, I am on the Comics Pals. Uh, Peggy, excuse me. <laughs> Listen, I am your guild master. I understand that, that oh, Pete uh, is the host Come of this show. Alright, but if you want to move up in the ranks, you gotta hold it down. Like, you cannot... <laughs> You know, like take twenty hours a week to hold uh, me down. Hold me down. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Peggy's my number four. <laughs> uh, so if you want to hear me more, uh, I'm on the Comics Pals, which drops the day before this ep- or this show does. Uh, this week we talked a lot about the Ultimate Universe. So if you're a fan of that, um, then you want to hear that. And of course we talked about some of the more serious things going on in the life of Stan the Man Lee. And uh, breaking down whether or not he needs a hero. So jump over there if you'd like to hear that content. And of course if you are getting ready for Avengers Infinity War, we've got the Infinity Gauntlet uh, book club dropping this Friday. So check that out. Um, and of course you can follow me at Twitter on Twitter only at Sean Soapbox, where we can talk about anything except pirates. Unless it's pirate Jean Grey. That's what we learned on the Comics Pals yesterday. True. Uh, Also, one more thing. Uh, You've got your WrestleMania review this week, right? Our our WrestleMania review will also be dropping this week. Yes, so I am very busy. Yeah, uh, WrestleMania, and then you guys are talking about NXT as well, right? Yeah, those will typically go together. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so if you're a wrestling fan, tune in for that one too. Uh, Andy? Sean, I have a question before I, you know, tell the people where to find me on Twitter. Um, oh, no. What about space pirates? Like you find one crack. Nope. We we, we literally we about that. We literally brought this up yesterday. You find like, one nope, crack nope, in a man's no resolve, and you're gonna take every angle to attack. <laughs> it's gonna be a never-ending torrent. I I don't like space. Someday, pirates. someday I'll get Sean to like pirates. Oh my god! Isn't that just Firefly? Sorry, continue. A little bit. Continuing. I've never I'm seen. I'm on Fire Twitter Fly. at tiger underscore millions. Um, you can find me there. I'm on Facebook too, but you know. Yeah. Um, Good plug, Andy. <laughs> you know. I, I did a book club with the Comics Pals. You can listen to my opinions about All-Star Superman. It yeah. good. That was a fun episode. It was fun. Uh, but, yeah. So we let Phil host, which is always kind of a mixed bag. You know? I don't know. Wow. He's not even here to defend <laughs> himself. He edits That's the okay. show. He'll know I'm throwing shade. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Get in my mentions. <laughs> All right, Thompson, what about you? You can find me at Relic Vampire on Twitter. I don't know what you want to talk about, but I put stupid memes up all day, and I have uh, really just a giant 
log of shit posting. So if you enjoy dumb stuff on Twitter, you can follow me and share it, whatever. Also, sometimes I like to play games with my friend Pete, and we play Way Out a lot, and we just talked about that today, and I just want to like say, hey, you can watch that stuff on Pals Play. So we do that too, uh, Monday to Thursday. So, Pete? Over on YouTube.com slash TheComicsPals. And you can finish it off. Cool. Uh, yeah, so as these guys have already mentioned, if you want some more content from me, you can find me on the Comics Pals with Sean. I do Pals Play with Thompson. We're doing our weekly streams every Friday around 8 p.m. usually is when we get started uh, over on twitch.tv slash the Comics Pals. So come hang out and uh, bust balls. I whooped Thompson's fucking ass in Mario Kart last week. So oh that was a great time. Haven't uploaded it to the YouTube channel yet, but you can check that one out this week sometime when I get around to it. Uh, so we're going to start posting those stream archives over the weekend usually. So. Uh, go check that one out, and um, hopefully you'll tune in for the next one. And uh, our Riverdale Review Show, the Riverdale Review, is going to be back uh, this upcoming week, so I'll be hosting that along with Marco and Kale. It's going to be the musical special, uh, and we have our, our good friend Olivia Hicks rejoining us on the show in the booth, so that should be an experience. <laughs> and uh, then if you want to just catch some more of me, you can find me on social media at loud underscore Pete where, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and then uh, I'm, you know, writer over at CBR. I've got a list out this week about uh, Rorschach, and I found some really cool stuff I had never heard about in the development of Watchmen. Uh, so that would be worth your time if you're a Watchmen fan. I've also got another one coming out this week about 20 goofy OP superheroes. So if you want to hear me write about, uh, you know, people like Plastic Man or Herbie the Fat Fury, uh, that's going to be well worth your time as well. So go check it out. Help me pay the bills. Click on my author title. Click on my other articles. Put some money in my fucking pockets. And uh, that's been the that's been the video game pals. We'll see you next week. Take care. Peace. Man. Adios.